All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Shug Me the Mooney. Saturday, October 17th, 2020. And it's another week in the books. Um, how'd you guys week go this week? Shug? Oh, pretty pretty decent. Um, been working on this, um, trying to get us on some more platforms, even more than we already are on. So still working on that. Joel, how you feeling? I've been good. Just working on my beats. I got some on the way for, you know, the show actually for, you know, I'm working on that. I've just been working on a whole bunch of beats. That's pretty much how my weekend went. You know, there's no baseball, sadly. Yankees still trying to like, you know, that's honestly still a sore spot. There's no baseball, but other than that, I'm good. I guess like the five stages, uh, I guess I'm in acceptance now. No, I went through all five during like like an hour after game five. I was just like, yeah. Like I said on, on, on the other podcast, I wasn't confident in the team at all. Um, So they, they kind of like all, all of my um, – all of my issues or concerns were basically warranted and then um, – you know, Cashman and Boone with their like post uh elimination like interviews exacerbated that. Um probably Boone more than than Cashman did because Boone keeps on talking about like how close we are, how close we are, we're close and it's like if you if you think about it, I, I didn't even realize it, Joel. I don't know if you did either, but like if they hadn't expanded the playoffs, like the Yankees wouldn't even made it this year. So like you really, you really weren't like that close, and like the team was like way too talented to like have had the season that they've had. I mean, I know like the manager doesn't have like too much input on that, but they really should have like performed a lot better than they did. But you know, check out our um postse our our MLB postseason videos. Hopefully, uh uh Mike said like one, the the latest one where we wrap up the season kind of got t- taken down so hopefully it's, it'll be back up at some point and it's a marathon you guys went in uh yeah usually like my brother i'll have a feeling about oh, the yankees or any like giants and my brother will pop on our chat and then he'll be the voice of reason like he you know he's like the and eh, don't worry about it. we weren't even supposed to be there and stuff like that so yeah uh yeah all right so today we're going to talk about uh a couple things um I don't know if anyone still watches it. I used to be a big fan of SNL. Uh, but last week, uh, comedian Bill Burr, who I'm a fan of, uh, not so much anymore. I, I used to watch his like, podcast all the time. But uh, he made waves uh, for his uh, – first off, the preview before the thing got people like interested in it. And then the monologue was kind of like polarizing. So we're going to jump into that. Um and then we're also going to talk about another thing that happened today, uh, this week. I'm not sure if uh, I know Joel and Show. You weren't really familiar with this guy, but like a internet personality. Uh, he goes by his like Baked Alaska. He's akin to like an Alex Jones, um, people like that. Well, he did a stunt, and uh, we'll give our opinions on that because uh, I sent the video out to you guys. Uh, so we're jumping into that. Also. Me and Shell were talking this week about uh, Adam's Family, the movie. And it made us think about, like, in the 90s, like, all these movies that came out that we kind of watched, grew up on, were just, like, inspired, or, you know, literally based on old sitcoms. And, like, thinking about it now, it's like, really weird. Like, 
jump into that as well. And um, <clears throat> we're all pro wrestling fans. Outside the ring, John Cena just got married. And uh, he's having a child too. And Shook sent me a tweet about kind of uh, a woman's point of view, a particular woman's point of view. And they got us talking in our uh, one of our DMs. And we feel like we should talk about it on the show. So that's what we're going to do this week. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, so also this week, uh, we were supposed to have a debate, a uh, presidential debate, uh, the second one. And then, of course, everything happened with Trump, uh, the COVID situation. We got into that before. Um, we don't really have to harp on it again. But instead of having an actual face-to-face debate, we had like a dueling town hall. And that was controversial, too, because NBC had Trump. And people were kind of like, oh, why are you giving this guy a format? Well, you have to give everyone a forum, forum. And then ABC had Biden. And I was able to see both of it. So would you, did, uh, Shug, did you watch it live or you watched it like, you watched it live, right? No, I had to record it. Um, it was the, um, I think it was the same night. Like I, I went out to eat. Um, I went out for dinner. So I didn't watch it live. So I got like the little app on my phone where you could, DVR stuff, so I DVR'd it, came home, watched it. Um, just to give some background, we talked about it um, last week with Trump coming out of the hospital with the COVID. Um, he declined to do a virtual debate, like, you know, the same way we're doing this podcast um, against Biden. So Biden, in lieu of that, you know, took the, the, the airtime to have a um, town hall. And, you know, a couple of days before the town hall, like Trump hooked up with NBC and decided to have a town hall of its own um, to go like like uh, Mike said, side by side. So me personally, I didn't watch the Trump one because I was like, you know, like you you're the person that ran from doing the debate. And if you could sit down there and have your own town hall while Biden's having his town hall, like, then you could have remotely done a debate against him. So I, I really don't know what Trump said. The only thing I know about Trump's um town hall was that, like, some, like, old white lady was, like, gushing over, over his, like, smile or something like that. And, you know, again, it's another... um. Uh, another situation where people are like trying to like humanize him i mean not humanize him but like you know try to it basically makes a distraction from like his political policies you know what i'm saying and but biden i really enjoy biden's um town hall because i think a lot of stuff like he got to he didn't get to say during the debate because you know trump was like chirping at him he got to say and yeah he really like defended a lot of stuff he said he articulated like his plans and his policies. He was very engaging to the people in the town hall. Um, George Stephanopoulos, who was like the moderator of the thing, like he, he he pressed him on a lot of stuff. And like Biden didn't really like run away from from some things. Like he could have been a little bit more um, detailed and and stuff like that. But a lot of things he said, he sounded like really like genuine. So I, I think like it, it did him like a, a big service. Yeah, what I did was uh, I watched it without looking at Twitter or getting like the uh, Monday morning quarterback version of it, like on the news. Mm-hmm. And like everything I thought about Trump, like that's what 
the that's what there was the pundits were saying but i i, I messaged uh, shogun i said uh trump seemed he looked tired like he was phoning it in he seems like he's done like he's just like like everything he was saying like there was like a few moments like he almost just struggling. He was like, I don't know. Like he's just like kind of like whatever. But uh, I think he's his whole plan is just like, well, if he, you know, if he loses, he's like, well, it was stolen, and you know, that's his like, that's his, that's gonna be his plan to uh, uh, save face. And Biden, what I said was like, wow, he actually looks like the presidential for the first time. Like he was like in the moment. Um, they had a lot of uh, trying to think. Like there was like a three big moments where like, they had like different um, kind of like tough questions. Uh, I mean, of course, everyone was vetted, but he addressed like the defund the police again and um, just relations with uh, different uh, groups in America. And he didn't back down, like Shug said. Uh, Joel, I know you said that you're pretty much, uh, you don't like, you know, you're not really like in depth with like pol pol um, politics and everything. And you're pretty much, you know, you, you've said things about the election. Um, but did you see any clips of it, at least? Yeah, so like I haven't really seen anything from the election on social media. Like I was just really focused on my production, like making beats. The only thing I've really heard or seen of it was that Trump really like on, you know, he denied a virtual debate. That's the only thing I've heard about it. I, like anything else I really stayed away from. But from like what you and from what I've heard, you know, from you and Shelly, I pick up on YouTube. Like, like I said before, like it's uh, just my opinion on him denying, you know, a virtual debate that just shows again his immaturity as just an adult period as a president. He just wants attention or lack of there or lack of thereof, you know, if he doesn't get the attention, even he is like more of a tirade or whatever. Now this is just something else. Uh, he did not, you know, he doesn't even want a virtual you know, a virtual debate for whatever reason that he got diagnosed with COVID and now he making that seem like a big deal, like he survived it or if he even really had it, who knows. But this is just another thing. It's kind of like to show his cockiness that, oh, I don't have COVID. Why not have a, a you know, a debate man to man face to face or whatever. And it's just, you know, for the safety, just have a virtual debate. You got tested. Just have the virtual debate and, you know, call it a day. But this is just another, you know, one of those things that I just feel like he just wants attention for again, like Trump does every single time, he, you know, he, um, every time the man is on TV or social media, that's what it is. He just wants attention, even when he tweets. Yeah. yeah say, uh, uh, real quick. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my. Yeah, so real quick. Uh, we already said, obviously, you know who you're going for. I mean, if you don't know, you're, you can't be on the fence now. Uh, what I'm saying is that they said it was 54 to 42, like in favor of Biden. They said that kind of like last year. I mean, in 2016 about Hillary and I don't trust polls. But what I am thinking is like, they always say like, so vote. Because even if you're uh, like, if you if the lesser of two evils, we always mention, like people don't want to vote for Biden, even though they're like on the left. But maybe there's something on the right where people are gonna be comfortable and they're not even gonna show up and then they'll, you know, that version of it in 2016 when people didn't show up for like killer. So. Yeah, Joe? I know, I know. Like Joel said, said that like you know he he doesn't really want to vote because you know it's a lesser of two evils and like that's your right. I'm not gonna harp on you not voting if you if that's your 
freedom and, and your right to do. But to me, when, when people say the lesser of two evils, you got to keep in mind that there is obviously one that is more evil than the other. So I think you try to like, you'd have to take like the better option, you know, if, if you're in that situation. And, and yeah, if you vote, like, you know, um, go out and vote. Um, like I just um, submitted my... Um, application to get my mail-in ballot so hopefully i could get that in a couple of days because i i intended to actually go to the physical site but i usually me and my mom usually go together when we vote but she's having like a surgery so she won't be able to be mobile so i wasn't about to stand in line over over here where i live with um these people who i i, I believe are like trump supporters and stuff like that so I, I I ordered my mail-in ballot, but um I came across a tweet before we did the show, and it was just like you know this these rallies and this campaign trail that that Trump's on. You know he's basically it's not even that he's campaigning; he's basically on his like farewell tour. So hopefully that's the case. And we'll see. Man, I I said that every time. Oh, we'll see what happens. Kind of sounds like I'm just like brushing it off, but you never know. I have no idea. All right, and now for today's show. SNL, that's a famous sound. If I had a high-tech background, I'd come out and do a monologue myself, but we can't do it now. But Bill Burr hosted it. Uh, I think it was the premiere. Yeah, it was a premiere. No, it was the second episode of the new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bill Burr, he has his podcast, and a lot of things he said during the monologue, he's worked out, like his routine in the podcast because you couldn't really do like a live show stand up for the last like six months. But, you know, I heard all this uh, controversy on Twitter. Uh, It started with the promo, like the the promo they would do like before your local news, like earlier in the day. Hey, watch SNL tonight. Whatever. And do like a silly joke. Well, he did like a silly joke. Did you guys see the preview at least? Where uh, I didn't, I didn't see the preview. Actually, like I didn't, uh, the only, I saw it on the, um, I saw it on Twitter, like people talking about the monologue, and then I watched it because I watched the first episode with Chris Rock, um, and I wasn't like impressed. It wasn't funny, like at all. So I just was like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna watch like a whole episode." And then like I'm not even like really like a big Bill Burr fan. Not to say like I don't like him, because like he has co-signed from like a lot of my favorite other comedians, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle um and several others so 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 i like him in that respect so i i i i didn't really watch it yeah of course like if there's a difference between the routine and then like a podcast so it's way different um it's hyperbole you know stand-up comedy you know come on but uh yeah so the preview was just like a really stupid five-second joke where he's like uh hi i'm average white man whatever whatever and this is average black man keenan or something like that people are like all like even the guys who uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt of, they made a big deal out of it. I was like, it's just a silly joke. So in the monologue, he comes out and basically um, I'll, I'll point out one joke. Um, remember the joke where he was saying he went into it about like Pride Month? Mm-hmm. Remember that part? Yeah. All right. So he mentioned like, oh, they have a whole month for celebrating, whatever. And then he did a joke that's like how many years old? Like, we've heard so many times about uh, February being like the shortest month, gloomy yeah. weather. For Black History Month, right? That was basically the joke, right? It was like the same joke that people have been saying for a long time. You've heard that before, right? 
a while. Like the, like the month of February is like the shortest month. And that's yeah, like the, and he he was like, um, June seems like the the laughter from the crowd. I mean, I don't know if it's um the live because you know they have like they only have like a few audience members. And actually, the nice thing that they did is like they're all like um essential workers, like doctors and nurses and and stuff like that that get to to sit in the crowd in lieu of like the regular live audience. So like the dry, like the laughter after he said, so he said, um, you know, June is pride month. Like that seems like an awfully long month for people who haven't been enslaved. And like the laughter, like it was like a nervous, like half laugh from the crowd. And then like he went into it and I was just like, I mean, it, it's true. Like he, but the thing about it is like, he never said, like, they should take away Pride Month. He was just like, you know, like, why do black people get, like, February, a cold, you know, like a cold, gloomy month? It's only 28 days, 29 on a leap year. So even on a leap year, it's not even a full month. Um, He was like, why not give black people J- July? Like, you know, it's nice, it's hot. You could go outside and have fun, have barbecues and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's some a reason why, like, people are starting to, like, celebrate, like, Juneteenth. You know, we talked about Juneteenth on here, like, because it's, like, June. Now you can have, like, a barbecue. Everybody needs, everybody loves a reason to, like, barbecue. Like, people barbecue on Labor Day. People barbecue July 4th. Some people barbecue Memorial Day, the Flag Day. I don't know, whatever. Like, people barbecue on the last day of summer. Like, so it, it um... And he even said, he was like, you know, for like gay black people, it's like, cool, you get to celebrate all summer, basically, because you be celebrating from June all the way to July. Like, yeah. I don't see why, why people would be super, super duper, like, offended by that. And that's a big deal, too, especially with the whole, like, six months. I know it's about work. People can't work because of the whole, like, COVID stuff. But another thing was the American or even, like, the human, like, culture is all about, like, a yearly schedule like like you were saying that like you celebrate july 4th no matter what like depending on how you feel everyone celebrates like certain holidays like every year and it's been thrown out of whack that was another takeaway that i had too but uh aside from that uh uh i'm gonna jump into the other jokes but joel um yeah uh, do you take you, are you a fan of big bird uh bill bird oh, big bird i almost said big bird no bill bird i like bill bird like he's one of like the only like Bostonians that like I see myself like having a drink with like with no issue no problems like other than like anybody else from like Boston so like I seen I didn't see like the the preview I just like jumped straight into the show right away and I thought everything like I could see how some people are offended at his monologue you know obviously everyone is just sensitive now but that's Bill Burr if you go watch his um, comedy. That's just the type of comedian he is. He's cutthroat with it. So like to me, it was just like his regular, if anything, he, it was like back to form because if anything, you COVID, he was just finally and, you know, um, happy to be on a, on a stage, especially SNL. So if anything, that was just all the, his whole monologue was awesome to me. It was, it was refreshing too, because he just shot from the lip, like, classic Bill Burr style. And again, which is, uh, especially, you know, with the climate today is everybody's just so sensitive with everything. Yeah, he just went with it. 
Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. yeah he, can... Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying he even said it in the beginning that like, you know, he's he's a stand-up comedian, and like a lot of stand-up comedians' dream is to host SNL. You know, and he said it's it's like a dream come true, and you know that that's that's where he started off with his his monologue. Yeah, I think he auditioned for it too, like fifteen years ago, which is like always the case. Yeah, yeah, like you you know, so many people uh, tried out for that show. Like eventually, they were on it as like John Goodman even tried it for it. Anyway, but we're talking about like celebrating. So the second part that I want to talk about was how he was saying he acknowledged it, like difficult times, and like Shook said, they had like nurses and people weren't because they thanked everyone for you know wearing the mask and stuff. And of course, that's like the authentic, that's like the legitimate thing he meant. <clears throat> and then you get the punchline. Punchline is like, oh, take out our grandparents, take out basically, you know, that joke that people do. He's making fun of people that always talk about like now natural selection, you know, that whole thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cold, you know, sarcasm. That was the second joke, you know? Yeah, because that's the thing I, I always say, especially at those big ass like Trump rallies and people have like contracted COVID and have actually died. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's what you sign up for. A matter of fact, like, Mike, don't they like sign waivers? Um, saying like not you know that like the the campaign or whatever can't be held liable if like you can track COVID here and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. you know these people sign up for it. Trust me, they have attorneys like a thousand, like a hundred attorneys, like NDAs, and trust me, especially with someone like a like a Trump too. And of course, also like Democrats are very uh legal legal orientated. Um. Okay, so this is this made me laugh because I I always bring this up too. Um, it's a different. It's like he he tackled like cancel culture. And he's like, you're running out of people to cancel, you know. <clears throat> and he mentioned like John Wayne. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like you can't hold John Wayne up to the same regard as like someone from now. You know, he was a freaking alcoholic actor who lived in like a fairy tale. He was like an actor, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so. I mean, we, we can talk about cancel culture all day long, but that was like the next joke. I mean, that's the one thing like he kind of said that I was like kind of on the fence with because um, I don't know if you guys remember it was like not even really too long ago, like you know during um seventh inning stretch of Yankee games, like they'll play God Bless America and they use Kate Kate Smith's version of God Bless America, right? And you know the Yankees decided to stop and I think the Flyers were another one because not only did they because she used to come out I guess when they went to like the Stanley Cup in like the 70s and sing it and so they actually had like a statue over it so they stopped singing it I mean they stopped playing it and you know the reason for that being is because like aside from singing God Bless America she would sing songs like why the darkies were born and picking any heaven and um other like racist stuff and like you know we we me and Mike we're big like Mike Francesa um fans and it was crazy because usually Mike Francesa is really like you know um you know he he's really like he he doesn't budge but like you know somebody asked him about the controversy or he discussed it on a show and like. He's like reading the lyrics. I mean, like he didn't read them out loud, but he's like reading the lyrics to those racist songs, and he's like, "This is racist. Like, how can you not read this and not read it as racist? Like, yeah, they shouldn't play her music like anymore." 
But as far as John Wayne, like it's a it's another thing where like you have it, it ain't like in his move <clears throat> it ain't like in his movies like he's playing like a, a racist person. So it's up to your choice whether or not you want to watch it or not. Like there's a lot of John John Wayne films I I really enjoy like um True Grit, um Searchers are really good. Searchers are, like everybody know like we we all know like I'm I'm a big fan of Western movies. So I wrote a thesis on not thesis, but I wrote a thesis on the searchers compared to the taxi driver. And maybe we'll do an exclusive on that because it was fascinating. But yeah, I mean, I get you know the John Wayne thing. I don't mean that we should celebrate someone that you know to have like yeah, like stuff. his his name, like you shouldn't like the I think the airport in like Anaheim or like Orange County, California has his name on it. And Urban. take it off. Like Urban. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's different than you shouldn't have his name on a, on a, um on on buildings and stuff, but it don't mean like, oh man, like we gotta like burn every like John yeah. Wayne film. Like, I mean, the man's name is Marion. Marion Morrison. Yeah. Hey man, that's badass. That's Irish. Come on. <laughs> Marion Morrison. He was named after the moon or something. Marion. Oh. Yeah, but then the next thing, the big, the big thing, right? The big mm-hmm. thing that people talk about is white women. Yeah, he went all in. Right? I mean, he said... Uh, he ain't lie. He co-opted the, the movement, you know? So it wasn't really, like, gags. It was him kind of, like, made... You know, that was the, the the most where it wasn't just, like, ha-ha, silly. Like, he was maybe trying to make a, a stance on something. I mean, maybe not. But what do you think? Uh, that part was kind of the big deal that everyone talks about, right? Yeah, I'm gonna let Joel go on because we didn't, I, I didn't get to hear what he, he he didn't get to say anything about the John Wayne thing. Go ahead. Yeah, Mike, you gotta like you're gonna have to like you have the transcript, like you're gonna have to remind me what he said exactly. Because I you know. uh, well just in general, before we get into that, we basically were just talking about cancel culture and like talking about someone like a John Wayne, like uh an actor who was born like you know, hundred years ago. And then, you know, we talked about, like, taking his name off buildings and stuff, which is, like, you know, but I don't know. I just – should can you elaborate on that and ask the question? Yeah, so, like, the point is basically, like, he, he was saying, like, you know, like, you know, cancel culture is trying to get, like, everybody to the point that now it's going after, like, dead people. So, he's like, you know, John Wayne – because the, the thing is, John Wayne had an interview in Playboy in 1971 – where he basically said a lot of like racist and like misogynist things. So Bill Burr really just said like, listen, like that's basically the the mindset of that time. So it's like he he was born in like nineteen like hundred or something like that. So of course somebody that old during that time is just gonna basically say whatever they want to say. But he's dead now, so. You can't really like hurt his like bottom line now. Yeah, but that, they do that to everybody. Period. Like in like Michael Jackson, they like they bring up things like the man is dead, and they try to bring up things with Michael Jackson. They do that to every like celebrity. Really, like cancel culture. Period. Is just like ridiculous in general. Like period. No matter who is towards because cancel culture is always something that comes to the past. It's never something they did currently. It's always something that came out ten years ago or whatever the case might be that they want to cancel them for. 
Like it's never something that they did currently. So that's why cancel culture is just ridiculous to me. Like really to get anybody. And of course, like John Wayne, like you said, he was born like 1900s or whatever. The man was like really old. Like he was born, like he probably did to him like himself, like he himself probably seen like worse things that like, we can imagine that he probably didn't even say out his mouth. And those, you know, those interviews are just him being lighthearted. So yeah, like that's like cancel culture is just ridiculous, like in, in general as a whole. Yeah, like I think like with cancel culture, you just gotta go with like the the audience. Like the audience will dictate who's canceled. Like for instance, like Louis C. K., right? People were getting mad because like he was getting gigs like after all of his controversy and stuff like that. But my thing is like, why would you be mad at him getting gigs? Why would you be mad at people giving him gigs? People wouldn't be giving him gigs unless there was a segment of people that really wanted to see him do stand up. You know what I'm saying? But on on the mm-hmm. flip side, when you talk about like going after like dead people, I bring up like Kate Smith. So all three of us, we go to Yankee games, seven inning stretch comes. You know, me from like the jump, like I don't even, uh, you know, that's a that's a whole nother story. Like, I don't think any kind of like patriotic crap should be going on during like sporting events at all, period, because it's basically um very um, polarizing. But if I'm at a Yankee game, seven in a stretch and it's all these different versions of God bless America. Cause remember they used to have a guy that that used to come there and sing it, but like then like they found out like he was like anti-Semitic. You remember that, Mike? Uh, an Irishman. Yeah, and um, Roy uh, Tony uh, Ronan uh, Ternan. Yeah, and so my thing was it's like you could get like a whole new per. God bless America is like a song. You could just get somebody to sing it. So there's no need to have somebody that has songs like why the darkies were made and picking any heaven like you shouldn't have that per- that version of the song being played like because you know like you hear that voice you hear kate smith's voice and i'm thinking about her oh where are the darkies were made like you know what i'm saying like i i never liked the song because it's not not anything about that i just thought the voice was freaking nails on a chalkboard God, oh, i wasn't a fan Bring out Frank Sinatra Jr. Come on. Yeah, and then, like, the yeah, thing about it... Yeah. Uh, one more thing I'm going to say about it. The thing about it, too, is, like, a lot of people were coming out of... Like, going out of their way to, like, defend her. And I'm like, yo, why... Like, y'all are really, like, passionate about defending a racist fat woman from, like, whose, like, popularity was during the Great Depression. Like, why are you going so hard for her? But, yeah, my... Uh, Joel, would you... Go on. I was gonna say I didn't like the song either. Like it sounded too old for me. Like it sounded recorded like like with the oldest microphone, like with the first microphone ever. Like every time I heard that at the at the, the compression you know, at the Yankee game. Yeah, it was like, what is this? Like I never even liked the song. And this was before I even found out she had all those racist songs. Right. So it's like like you said, like Stop playing the songs. Like, if knowing that you know the woman's dead, there's not much you could do. John Wayne's dead, there's not much you can do. But, like, obviously, they have racist past. Certain things, like, if, like you said, like his name on the on airport, you said, like, just take his name off. 
yeah. stop playing Kate Smith's. Like, just stop doing certain things. You can't cancel somebody dead. Yeah, like if like, they if they're dead, you could just leave them dead. Like nobody yeah. needs to. Like that's the only way you keep Kate Smith going. Like just by playing this old 1930s recording. John Wayne. Every time you catch a plane to Orange County, California, you're seeing his um. Yeah, oh, I'm going to John Wayne Airport. But you know, if his movie's on TV, oh man, like Searchers is on. But that's John Wayne. He's a racist. All right, cool. I'm gonna watch something else. Simple as that. So when you talked about like the white woman, right? Um. Oh wait, real quick. Bill Burr made the joke. He goes, "God made God canceled him 40 years ago." That was yeah, a joke. yeah. There was you a go. That's the punchline. Yeah, but the white woman, he was basically like, you know, when people have that meme, like, this motherfucker's spitting. Like, that's how I felt when I was I was watching it, because I'm like, all those points about, like, white women and the woke movement, like, they were valid. Like, white women basically, I mean, Mike, we used to talk about this a lot at work. I thought but, about you when I heard it, because, like, we actually, we talked about this a few months ago as well. I'm just full disclosure, you know, I think early on our shows. Yeah, because we, you know, we we always talk about, like, straight white men, like, you know, like, Mike, you're a stand-up dude, right? But if nobody heard you speak and heard what you think, people already assume, like, you're a bad guy because you're a straight white man. But (laughs) white women, they do the same shit. They be all the bad things that white men have done throughout history, like, white women have, like, co-opted. Like, and they've, like, profited and benefited from it. Like, going back to, like, the suffrage movement and white feminism, right? Like, all of those heroes, like Susan B. Anthony, um, I don't know the rest of them. You, you, you know who I'm talking about. Like, all of them, like, the foundation of their argument for women's suffrage was, oh, like, I'd be damned if a black, if a, if a, black man is treated better than me being a white woman like so so it, it's true and then the other thing he said was like you know you stood by us for all this time and even when you went off and slept with a black man and people found out about it you'd say it's not consensual and think about it how many people were swinging from trees uh, how many men swung from trees from just the thought of like there, there are people like black men that used to get killed for looking at a white woman. Like, look at Emma Till. Like, that's that's the whole, like, anybody, any white woman who's offended by what he says, like, read on Emma Till. Like, the same woman that accused Emma Till, who was, like, 19 at the time, and Emma Till was, like, 14. Like, she's still alive. Like, she lived to be, like, uh, like 80, 90 years old. Emma Till only got to live to 14 years old. Yeah. I mean, you can say that about everything. Like, we take the highway, and well, I don't want to say. I think I'm positive in Hutchison, the uh, highway. Oh yeah, the Hutch. She yeah. came. She was a pilgrim, not pilgrim, but she was like a came came to this area to uh, convert right. natives, you know. And there's writings of her saying stuff that we have to like for this place to be good, you know. We have to make sure these savages, that type of shit, that type of verbiage, you know, like savages and all that. So we have a highway that we honor in her name, but she's a crazy shit in the name of God. Uh, you know, that's just another thing. And then they, they say, like, oh, she was killed. And, you know, that's just another thing that popped in my head. Um, white, white feminism in general, like I said, is the foundation of it is, like, off of racism. Like, 
even to this day, like all the stuff I said before, like, you know, the suffrage movement, even today, like when Kobe died, right? Like a lot of white feminists, a lot of white feminists, like their first reaction was like, oh, why are you celebrating him? He's a rapist. And it's like, for one, alleged. For two, he was acquitted or like the case was like thrown out because of like, you know, Tech. the um, what what's it called? The, the um, next day text, right? The next day text was saying like she was bragging about it, and then right? Yeah, it was um, it was um, uh, uh, I forgot what it was. Like oh, the unreliability, the unreliability of the victim or the alleged victim, like her whole thing. But that's a whole another like story. I'm but just they say victim blaming and that too is very complicated and. Yeah, but I'm saying like a lot of that like ties into the billboard thing. But yeah, Actually, Mike, go ahead. Say say what you was gonna say. Yeah. And Joel's ready to jump in. All right. Well, like the people on his side. I mean, of course, it's comedy. It's it's subjective. But the people who like said they praised it or said it was a good monologue, they go, "He, pr- you proved his point by the outrage on Twitter." You know. Right. Made, you proved the point by you know having uh the backlash. You know. I mean, I can go back. This is Bill, this is Bill Burr on SNL. Uh, it's free TV. You can watch it. You don't have to watch it. Yeah, I just went on yeah. um, to get the yeah, video. I've been, I've been to the, I've been to the SNL uh, studio, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's very small. Obviously, it's people that were vetted and like they're probably friends of the show and stuff like that because it's very very tight. It's as it's, it's, it's very it's like uh, it's very small. So obviously, it's they, they have to trust the people being next to each other. But uh, you mentioned Louis C.K. and this is an aside. People got annoyed because not annoyed, but they got mad because um, if you're a really famous comedian, like if you're a Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, Jerry Seinfeld, you do surprise sets. So he showed up as a surprise, and people were like, "Oh, that's why they left." That was like one of the things. But mm-hmm. Benefit of the doubt, people that did it wrong. But yeah, Joel. Any uh, other thoughts about um? Bill Burr's like, white women and then the reaction to it. Yeah, like again, I expected again, like I said in the beginning, like Bill Burr, that's just the type of comedian he is. So I expected like the backlash. I already knew it was gonna be a bunch of crybabies, honestly. Cause he told nothing but the truth. When you speak nothing but the truth, it's just like I know the truth hurts sometimes and it stings, but like that's exactly what that was. It's the truth. Like Shug said he brought all the points. He hit it right on the nail. Emmett Till, uh, even even Kobe. You can name since like just numerous amounts of black males who were accused of even looking at a white woman. They've been hung. Just name it. So he just hit it right on the nail. He told the truth, and I know the honest, the truth, the honest truth really stings. But it just is what it is with that case. I agree with everything he said. Like, I, me, you remember, uh, you know, we went to a bar one day. We said it on the, on the podcast. And this, you know, white girl accused me of hitting her. And I was, like, 80 feet. I'm exaggerating. But I was, you know, I was far away from her. I was, you know, I can't extend my arm. You were socially distanced. You was at least six feet. Exactly. <laughs> even more than that. Thank you, Shug. Just know I was nowhere near her to even hit her. I got accused of that. And, you know, long story short, that whole situation could have turned bad for me because, you know, I'm a, you know, me and Shug, for example, because he, he was there too, even though she, he, um, she didn't accuse him of it in her. 
just the fact that he's there and we, you know, we two black males and this white girl is crying because she thought she was hit or for the, whatever reason, we could have been in jail. So that's why like what he said that like, it, like I, actually, I actually like stood up and applauded. And like, like if I was there in the audience with him, honestly, because that hit, he hit it right on the nail. Yeah, and I was, I was going to say, too, I was like, because I was going to bring up that same story that we talked about. Like, I was, I'm like, not I'm not a betting man, but I'd bet that 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 chick, like, if she watched that Bill Burr thing, she would probably be offended by it. Well, hell yeah, she crying. She probably had a whole Twitter rant, and she has a Twitter. All right. Well, welcome to the show. We have her here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Bill Burr, you, you mentioned he's a Bostonian. Uh, you know, let me ask his roots, like where he like started performing. Louis C.K. too, um, even Joe Rogan and all that. I like those guys, and they're from an area that's very. They grew up around people that actually believe this shit, you know, and they are kind of commenta- commenting on where they grew up, and you talk about where you're from, you know, and then maybe people might misinterpret it like this is how you actually feel, but you're doing like a social commentary, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else we can talk about, Bill Burr. It was a ratings boost. I'm pretty sure no one really watched Jim Carrey doing Biden. Uh, no one watched really last year, I'm telling you. Uh, I watched a few of them. Not a fan. Uh, I, I grew up on SNL, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next week. They're doing, like, two more episodes about before the election, and let's see if they go soft with it or they're going to bring someone else back. I'm not sure who the next guest is tonight, but are they going oh, to cheat? Um, Issa Rae and Justin Bieber. If it was like just, if it was like Issa Rae and like some of the musical guests, I'd tune in because like I'm a fan of Issa and you know Insecure and a lot of other things that she does. But I don't want to see no damn Justin Bieber. That'd be a good episode. Yeah, she's doing a lot of big things. You know, she's like kind of like the top. Oh, yeah. no, she's not an opportunity because she's around. She's established, but she's doing a bunch of things. Yeah. So uh, if you're a fan of like, um. If you don't mind watching Justin Bieber, like check it out, like show some love for for Issa. All right, so something else happened on Twitter that came to my attention. Uh, I knew this guy um, just on a lot of the podcasts I watch and people I follow. Uh, actually, the show here, the podcast, uh, Office Hours with uh, it's Tim from Tim uh, Tim and Eric, and then this guy who does great videos, Vic Berger. He started off doing, he got noticed. We're doing like Trump videos in 2016 and he's kind of like a modern day type Hunter S. Thompson but he does it with editing videos and well mm-hmm. I'll put some links but they're really great anyway so they always he always like kind of and you said that that's what influenced how you edit the videos on um, on our YouTube yeah with that he's good and then other guy who I follow he does like seven second clips mm-hmm. if, you know, if you guys ever follow him you know people listen uh, I do like seven second clips that are taken out of context sometimes and that's just kind of the style um, that influenced me. Yeah, so they always highlight, um, you know me, I don't like hypocrites. So, like, this guy, Bate Alaska, is one of them. Um, his real name, you know, I don't know. I, I just know him as Bate Alaska. But uh, basically, he did a video because he's, like, a YouTube personality. He went into, like, a mobile or, like, a gas station uh, mini mart. Because a lot of places on the highway have that, and places around cities mm-hmm. have like a little deli or whatever. He went in there, and he was um, like yelling at the customers and then the clerks for like 
wearing masks and he wasn't wearing a mask. So in the guise of like either protesting slash being funny, uh, he got booted off YouTube and other social media platforms. And I'm just reading like the, the reactions to it. The people that are pro him, they are on a tight, uh, tightrope where they're, they're like, Oh no, he's, uh, he's being, sorry. He's a, he's a comedian. You can't, you can't, um, cut off someone's freedom of speech. On the other hand, when someone says, well, uh, it's a public, it's a private place. You, it's, you have no rights there because it's a private, uh, establishment. They make their own policies. It's not law. Then they go, uh, they say the opposite where no, then they go with the whole extreme where they, he's like a protester, then a comedian protester, like they're trying to balance it out. So I sent the the video to Sugar Joel. It's kind of what I think is like, it's like a Tom Green meets the Nazi type thing. Cause he's a self-proclaimed, uh, Holocaust denier and all that stuff. Mike, I'm not going to allow you to uh, disrespect one of my idols, Tom Green, on this show. Boy, I'm, I'm going to let you continue. Tom Green's one of my earliest. Uh, I have a whole, I have home videos when I was like 10, me trying to do the same Tom Green thing, but that was fun. That was lighthearted. This was. No, nah, not just to lay, not to, to to go off track too much, but I remember um somebody on Twitter like they they posted a question. It was like gun to your head, one song you know, um all the you have to perform perform a song word for word, right? And I was like, oh, the bomb bomb song. <laughs> yeah, I remember that drop number one on TRL. I was like, I didn't realize it was a publicity stunt for the network. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what do you call it? Um. There's a bunch of these guys out there. I know we make jokes. If you guys um, follow our YouTube, we have a character on there. All full disclosure, uh, it's, a, it's a character. Uh, but yeah, it's an Alex Jones type guy, and he was booted off. But he was saying he was speaking. He was uh, same thing that Donald Trump said on his uh, town hall. He goes, "Oh, I retweet things, but it's up to you to decide," which is fucking crazy. People trust you're supposed to trust you. So Alex Jones would say some crazy shit. And people believe it. Um, mm. It's inspired a lot of people going out there from going to their, you know, four chances thing where all these conspiracies are uh, discussed and like they spread from there. But they're going from internet to now like someone like this. We're going into an actual physical place and uh, threatening people. That's a big deal because I brought this up because uh, we've all worked. I know me and Shug worked in like retail. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lose my job because I get in an altercation with some asshole. Uh, I'm just following, you know, a policy like, uh, you know, the, the, let's say like the mass thing. Someone came into where I work. What am I gonna do? Let's see what? What if the guy pulls a gun out or something? Then I'm like, I just have to like listen to the guy. The customer's always right. Yeah. This is why it got me heated. That's why I wanted to bring it up. But I uh, showed. What, what do you think about this from a personal and then also just from like a so yes. the social realm. Well, so you know, uh one of the reasons I didn't return back to work, um, but you did, was also for that same reason, like, you know, how um how much are or the how much are the comp how much is the company gonna enforce these mass mandates and social distancing mandates? Um and how much are they going to back you up when you enforce it? And um, 
it was just something I, I feared because I didn't want to go out and put myself at risk when I really didn't have to. Um, and I, from what I heard from you, you were at one location where they were kind of like, you know, lax with it and it kind of like pissed you off. So I felt like validated and like not, not um going back to work. Cause I didn't, you know, you, you're already worrying for your safety, but now you're adding another layer to it because you know, you go through your job and your job's supposed to like protect, they, they're supposed to protect you as best they can. And if they tell customers, like the only way you're getting ser- served is if you wear a mask and if you maintain a certain distance, you know, a six feet distance, um, you know, that's, that's what they're going to do. But, you know, they, they, they're always are going to be assholes that, you know, oh, you're not going to tell me what to do this and the third. So I kind of want to bring it back to like what we were talking about before with Bill Burr, where you talk about like street white men, like to me, like somebody like this character on Baked Alaska. Um, And when I hear Baked Alaska, like Joel, you know what I think of? I think of like a a baked, like Alaskan salmon. (laughs) So every time like Mike said it, I'm getting like hungry. This is dessert, this Baked Alaska. They show the the meal, the cuisine, the dish. And then it says, then on the bottom it says, for the neo-Nazi, click here. (laughs) His real name is like, uh, sounds French, but he's Tim Genome. I mean, whatever. I mean, he's Baked Alaska. That's his gimmick. But yeah, Yeah. please continue, sorry. Yeah, so um, like I said, people like that, like to me, they make like, you know, Mike and other like cool ass white dudes look bad because... You know, they're basically like parading around their white privilege, like through this whole mask mandate and all of these um different measures that places have taken. Like, I've seen people like try to like, you know, um, equate like what's going on to like slavery, like being like, and I'm just like, yo, like, listen, like, have you ever had to take your wife to like the big house so she could get raped? by the master and like you know when she comes out you just got to take it or else you both you both you and her might get killed probably not but you know a lot of these people the, the thing I, I um you know the, the 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 word like me me and mike i mean me and joel use a lot is like the oppressors so these people have been like the oppressors and basically benefited from like you know, white privilege privilege for so long that any kind of um, inconvenience, they try to like amplify it and make it feel like they're oppressed. Like, oh, like this is my right. Like you're making me feel like my white my rights are being infringed upon, and like it's it's just ridiculous. Uh yeah. I mean, I'm gonna ask you all this uh, something. But yeah, what Chuck was saying. Um, like uh, it's hard to explain. We would have we have to have someone on who like thinks this. I, I would hate to like spread people's like messages like this. But you know, it's I want to talk to people who like think this because I know I see things in like media and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. These people take to extremes. Uh, I got flustered with that. But what I'm saying, what's something that I don't, I hate above all things. I always I think I always say this. Even Jesus said it in the Bible hypocrisy hypocrites mm-hmm. this guy is bullshit i don't even think he believes this shit he's just trying to get famous 
which is that's what's scary about it, where someone would go to these lengths. Uh, I'm gonna jump into it with his background, and that might uh, that's like evidence that supports what I feel. But uh, Joel, you watched the, the video, right? Or you saw the clips of it? Yeah, I saw a bit of it. I saw like you, um, you know, obviously he was asked to wear a mask. Refused to, then he goes around a little bit. He actually tries on one of the hats and tries to like buy it. But he's like the whole time, you know, the employees are arguing that it's a private business that he needs to wear a mask. But he's obviously refusing and he's being one of those, I refuse to wear a mask people and, you know. So like, you know, he's going throughout the store, he tries out on a hat, he's still arguing with them. And that's where, that's as much as that guy. So I didn't see, I know the cops were called, but I didn't see all of that. But it's just like, I know for a fact, like I said, I worked in retail myself too. And I've come face to face with customers who just refuse to not even, they, first of all, they don't even care about the rules when they go in there. Some customers, they don't care. They, they see themselves as, oh, I'm a customer, period. I have money. Who cares what I'm wearing or not wearing? I have money. Let me just, you know, um, let me buy something. And even that's cool, but there's a lot of customers who don't do that. They, there's customers who obviously go in there with a problem. They go in there already with an issue just to start some type of viral, whatever it is, some viral, um, what is it? Just some ridiculousness, just random ridiculousness, whatever it is. And that's what I feel like, because I'm looking right now, like his Tim, that's his name. He's 32. He's only two years older than, you know, than me. So, I like, he's this. He's older. I mean, yeah, like, he's a millennial. So, I don't believe that this guy is, like, like you said, on Mike, hey, he's a hypocrite. He doesn't believe none of this. That's what I believe, too, honestly. Because, like, I've been in situations like that in the stores where I felt like, listen, these aren't my rules. It's, my rules is just, it's, it's just as dumb to me, but this isn't my rules. But like, if I don't obey by it, I might get fired or I may get a write-up or something unnecessary for whatever reason. So like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So that's like just how I felt like, you know, working in retail myself is like, like, granted the rules don't make any sense, but I didn't make them. But if I don't follow them now, either I might not get fired, but it's either I'm getting a write-up or something, you know, and it's just annoying. Yeah, and like he he's like sort of you saw you didn't see the part when the cop showed up. So yeah. he's so they are the 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 lady the the girl it was like a guy and a girl working there. So the girl is like on the phone with the police, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He was like, "Oh, you're calling the cops on me? You calling the cop? Like, blah, blah, blah. is this not America? Or something you know all that bullshit." And then the cop finally shows up, and then he's all like, "All right, man, I'm just I'm just gonna leave." Like, oh. Because you know the cop was getting re- ready to arrest him for trespassing because that close. on a private biz in a private business, like they once they tell you to leave and you refuse to leave, like you're trespassing, you're committing a crime. So of course he he backtracked, and it's funny because it's like um what I think about was like um all of those like Karen videos, like you know one of the first thing we talked about was the 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 woman in the park that was gonna call the police dog on a dog like and now she's up for trial and like they're finding out like she did you know she she made even more calls on black people or she made a call on a black person before that that call 
that she made. And, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it, what it boils down to is white privilege. Like, that whole video. Like, all right, I'm going to go into this store because I'm, and I can, I, I'm going to go into this store and not wear a mask, even though they're telling me I'm wearing a mask. Um, They could call the police on me. When the police comes, I don't have to fear anything because I'm white and I say so. Like, that's basically it. That's white privilege in a bubble right there. Like, so that guy... I'm pretty sure, like, he's like, white privilege doesn't exist. And basically, bro, you just made a seven-minute video basically confirming. I mean, not a seven-minute. It was a four-minute video um, confirming. Well, that's what aired, yeah. But there's a, there's a whole chapter in one of my favorite books. Uh, it's a it's it's a satire of people, you know, American Psycho. There's a whole scene where he's having, like, a weird breakdown. You don't know if it's real or not, but... He's going into diners and he's like causing scenes and like but he's wearing like 80s like beautiful like uh, yuppie outfit so he's getting away with all this shit like he goes into a deli and like breaks everything and then he gets away with it puts money down and no cops bother him and it was kind of a weird art uh, chapter and I think that this was like a version of it like 30 years ago uh, like he's getting like it's the protection you know the complexion for the protection we always talk about we joke about with Paul Mooney. Like he, the, his, he was implying that he can do everything he wants because he has money and he looks a certain way and he can just be crazy. If you saw a guy doing something similar, there'll be cops everywhere and then you get locked up and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with his uh, background. So he started off on Shug's famous, I mean, his, uh, your favorite uh, website, BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And he was left. Guilty pleasure, pleasure. He was like a super like, le- like left, like liberal and everything. And he was like, pro black lives matter he was going to show he was going to the uh, events in 2016 and then in 2019 from 2016 to 2019 he changed that's when he started doing a lot of the all right stuff because i guess that was monetized mm-hmm. which is the reason i think why he did the video but then they cut off his youtube which is where you hurt people the money and then in um so in 2019, he started to rebrand himself as an ex-racist. I was like, I remember this happening like a couple years ago. But then uh, when the election started heating up again, he went back into doing these stunts, which is what I call it, stunts. But it has repercussions because it's not on a website anymore. Like you have kids who are like 10, 12, 13, and they're like frustrated. You always talk about like white male, like whatever. These kids, and then they like hold on to these things that they hear. And then we don't talk about it really anymore, but then we had these like shootings and stuff. And a lot of it's inspired by this like 4chan, like uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And that's why I think uh, I wanted to bring it up because it's like very dangerous as you go from a virtual world of just random people who don't even know each other, just like saying these crazy shit. And now you have someone going out there in the physical world causing more harm, like physical harm. Uh I think that just says a lot about social media where they always use the word like keyboard warriors, but like people are taking it to the real world, which is very dangerous. Yeah. That's my rant. Yeah. And even if and you see the, the video, like he did like a live and it's all of these people, I don't know, um, all of that like voiceover, that was like the comments. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I think it was IG actually. It was one of the live streams and like, yeah, people, it's a show to them. And they're like, they're commenting on it. Like, it's a show. It's not real. These are real people. Yeah, and like one of the people were like, oh, like do it, bring on like Richard Spencer, and 
you're gonna have like more subscribers and blah 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 and like you know it's like you say Mike like all it is it's like a breeding ground for you know these um neo-nazi youth these white nationalist youth um like you know especially in this time like you got somebody like donald trump and you got a lot of these um uh right-wing like extremists where they basically i mean i mean if you think about it um I don't know if you guys seen like the movie Higher Learning, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Important. So like basically, you know, they had um the character played by Michael Rappaport. Um basically he basically he he, he can't find like a group to fit in with in college. So he basically gets recruited by the white nationalists. Um, like the neo-Nazis on campus because, you know, um, that's the only group that accepts him. So, you know, the, the accessibility of all of these right-wing groups now, and that, that was the 90s, they basically recruited him just by like, um, basically bringing him into their like group and like um, having beers with him and stuff. Whereas like today, you know, you can't see everything your child does on the internet or everything they do on their phone. So it's a lot easier for these people um, to recruit uh, these kids. And like Mike say, sometimes they end up in very tragic situations like school shootings or any kind of like mass shooting, uh, whether I be in the movies, the mall, whatever, because as we in churches, Dylan Roof, um, the one that did the roaring shooting and all these other several shootings, like all of them, the the common thread is that you found them all on these like white nationalists like message boards, and yeah. then you got all of these people that they're giving these platforms to, like your Richard Spencers, your Baker Alaska, your Alex Jones, your um, proud, uh, boy. proud boy people like. These are people that's on regular TV, so it's 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 somehow once you give people that person to look up to, like it, it just opens the doorway, and the FBI is letting you know that like white nationalism is probably the most um dangerous threat to American society today. We talked about it last week, where the the um the governor of Michigan was nearly kidnapped as in Virginia. In Virginia, you found out. And Virginia? Yeah, another one too. Pretty sure Virginia was another uh, foiled plot. Somebody else. Yeah, so I mean, thank God for the FBI. Like, at least somebody's, like, you know, got their hand on the steering wheel. Um, yeah, and it was super chats. That's what it, the, the, the um, people commenting were. So, you to super chat, you guys are familiar with this, you pay. For them to read out your comments or at least see the comments, mm-hmm. so you get you give a donation. So he's doing this crazy shit to get and money. Making money, wow! Yeah, hypocrisy, man. Incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, Joel, anything else with this? With this? I, I, there's so much stuff we can talk about on this subject because yeah. it leads into every other topic that we talk about uh, pretty much on the show. But anything yes, else? I, I really. 
Like, I stopped it, like, right before the cops came. So, like, I, if I watch it more, I don't know. I could just already know what's going to happen since he wasn't, like, obviously a, a Black or Hispanic male. He's big. He wasn't shot or I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, he dropped the whole I'm buying the hat. He goes, is this on America, bro? that's just like that's because it, it is what it and the thing that also like i said he's 32 so he's no older than us not much older than us so this guy like, if he you know he's a millennial doing this and like he's obviously that's how you know that this is something that's taught from generation to generations like he was born in alaska himself or like i'm looking like i said like this is obviously just something he was born with like if it really is him doing this that's just sadly how he was just raised and if he's just doing this to go viral just for you know some youtube views or whatever like granted like now his youtube channel got removed so now he's getting no views so if he was doing it for that reason then obviously you know you failed and I bet you uh, he's, he's going to try to rehab himself like, oh, I, I apologize. This is wrong. He did that in 2016 when he, no, no, no. yeah, he, no, in 20, whatever. When he switched from the, you know, pr uh, promoting like liberal things. Mm -hmm. So then he started doing the whole like sort of white supremacy shit. He flipped it again because of the whole, the Canadian mosque shootings in like Montreal or Quebec, around yeah. somewhere in Quebec. So he like kind of like, shifted because he was afraid he would get be liable for that or whatever the word is or blood on his hands because he one of the memes that he made apparently was like one of the ones that the one of the shooters like got his like info from like that this place was like a breeding ground for like uh islamic terrorism which it was just a mosque yeah so of course we can unpack this more but uh any anything else uh, show about this before we uh move on no, I'm good. Yeah, I think we said on everything we could say about this guy. Uh, he's just very dangerous. Him, personally, let's just, well, you know, forget him. But the message that he's trying to promote or make money off of, it's still rampant and uh, dangerous. All right, so the other day, uh, me and Chuck were, like, uh, messaging each other back and forth, and we started talking about uh, uh, Adam's family. Adam's family values, right? Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I always had like uh, not uh, I always bring up like random parts of the movie and like didn't really have any meanings and stuff. And then Sugar had the same thing. You saw like the whole uh, the whole Debbie thing. It's it was inspired by the Trump and Melania relationship, right? Oh no, I said um the um no Debbie is a part in a movie. And I always, for one, like, first of all, like, I always thought of it, like, you know, obviously me being, like, perpetually single. I was, like, you know, I imagine finally, like, or me dating, like, a, a really, like, hot, <clears throat> hot chick or whatever, right? So it was a part where Fester, if you guys don't know the plot of the movie, this is Adam's Family Values, which is the second Adam's Family movie. It came out in 1993. Uh, directed by Bar Barry Sonnenfeld, who also did um, Men in Black, the whole Men in Black series. Um, I can't think of what else he did. Yeah, he's a, he's a big guy. He did a lot of uh, a lot of franchises and a lot of like hits that people would recognize. 
Yeah, so in a in a film like the the Adams family, like basically they're like old money. So even though they're like, you know, weird and like gothic and like creepy and stuff like that, like um they obviously make like all they they're they're a rich family regardless. So they're wealthy, so they pop up in like Forbes and you know, Fortune and, and all of those different like magazines. I mean, even if you and this is what we're gonna discuss, like it's based on a sixties TV show. If you recall in the sixties TV show with um John Aston as Gomez, he um they he always used to have like the, the stock market ticker. So it just shows you how much like wealth they had. Like even though they, they have all these eccentricities, like they, they were of money. So there's this character, um, Debbie, who comes in and she's like the nanny to um their new baby, which was actually like an original creation for that movie. Um and basically she does all of these things to get to Festa because Festa is like the most eligible like bachelor and she knows she can marry him and like take his money and kill him and take his money. So the the point of the movie was that like um she basically fails in killing him because like you know he's like kind of like a supernatural person like he could make light bulbs he, he he put a light bulb in his mouth like and it lights up like that's something also from the older t- tv series so on a he she planned to kill him on the honeymoon but he wouldn't by like throwing he was taking a bath and she threw like a um radio into it to like electrocute him to death and all it did was just you know it kept him alive so she ended up having to stay married with, to him and figure out ways to kill him so there's a part where they come back and like they're moving into the new house and like she makes him like wear a wig i mean not a wig like a toupee um <laughs> and makes him dress in like pastels and 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 stuff like that to to kind of make him look normal since she's got to remain married to him until she kills him so it's like an offhand like part in a movie where she's like he 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 says to her he's like um, he's played by Christopher Lloyd and Debbie's played by Anne, Anne Cusack. No, not Anne Cusack. Joan oh, Cusack. Joan, Joan. Yeah, jo- yeah. who's John Cusack's sister and she pops up in a lot of like John Cusack films. They also have a sister named Anne Cusack that she, she's an actress too. But um, he says to her, he's like, give me a kiss. And then she's like, give me a 20. And then he starts like patting his um, looking for his wallet. <laughs> So in so I was like you know that that'd be me and my wife I'm like give me oh a, yeah give like me a said, kid. I, I would always say Debbie for some reason I would always say Debbie for some reason and then uh, there's another part where um, the, the Pugsley is like Amy Fisher didn't that makes no sense just the way they talk I guess that's the that was like the style of the movie but like it's very like off camera like vocals it's like really weird like that it just stuck with me all the time uh, but yeah. Those are really weird movies. It, it's like um, old world. They yeah. have money, but they have old world money, mm-hmm. and it's very, very freak show. French, Parisian. That's why he couldn't get killed because, like, but now before you say what you was gonna say, uh, Mike, um, the reason why, like, it, it, I, I think of it with Trump and Melania is like I imagine 
like that scene, like give me a kiss. All right, give me a twenty. Like I, I think that's like probably how they are, like behind closed doors. Like you know, like I've never seen them ever like be affectionate to each other in public. Like in not even just from the presidency, but like in all the like time they've been together. I'm just wondering what's gonna happen. You know how like all the Kennedy stuff. Another person we talked about John Wayne, Kennedy Airport. They, there's so much stuff you can say, like the new things that they're saying, like uh, Marilyn Monroe was murdered and stuff like that. Marilyn Monroe, uh, you could say something about Kennedy. Are they going to change that airport? You know, something like that. But anyway, but like I don't think about it, but I'm always wondering, like, are they in the White? Are they always in the White House, or are they actually leaving? Because I can't see them acting like domestic together, Melania and Trump. You know, yeah. I feel the same way. Like I, I find it weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, Adam's family, like, they were supposed to be from another world, you know, another time, and mm-hmm. they were living in the 90s, especially with, like, the part two, and that was the same thing with a lot of the other movies that were talking about that were inspired or, you know, straight up um, new versions of 60s sitcoms, late 50s to, like, early 70s also, mm-hmm. like, campy, campy is the word, um, but I was thinking because... Me and us three, uh, that's like the first thing we saw. I know a lot, like Nick at Night had a lot of these shows and I grew up, I would stay up all night and like watch like Nick at Night. So I had, a, I knew like that on the family from back then. But a lot of people growing up, this is like the only version of this thing they saw. But the mm-hmm. whole point of these movies were kind of like a tongue in cheek thing where it's like Gen, Gen Xers, which is like the generation uh, like above us. Mm-hmm. They were all about like self rent, you know, Tarantino was like a self referencing like things that happened before. And yeah. like another thing we talked about was it came to mind was the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch movie is a very weird movie. It's a bright and sunny version of Adam's Adam's family because there's are they supposed to be from the sixties and they're living in like a you know the nineties like the, the, that you saw that movie like when it came out right? Yeah, because that was one of the movies I was gonna bring it. Like they um, it was like basically like they were like. You know, the kids were, like, the same age as kids their age, but for whatever reason, like, their family was stuck in, like, that time period, like, personality-wise, and that clashed with the outside world. So that's that's something, too, I wanted to bring up. Um, So, like, with the, these shows, right, you know, because we always talk about, like, the unoriginality of Hollywood these days, like, you know, you have to make movies about comic books, you have to make movies, uh, a whole bunch of, like, you have to remake old movies, like, there's no originality, so there's always, like, this theme, like, I remember, yeah, so, so I remember, like, in the, in the, in the, like, late 2000s, like, they would have, like, a whole bunch of movies that, like, you know, would come out like months apart, but they'd basically be like the same movie. Like they had a movie called Friends with Benefits, and then they had a movie called No Strings Attached, and they both came out like in like 2008, 2009, and they basically were like the same movie. Yeah. So like the the thread in the 90s was like a lot of these movies would be remakes of the old shows, and what they do is sometimes they'll update them, but just it'd be set in a current time, like Flipper, um. What's another movie that was like that? Yeah, um, yeah, I broke it down actually. I actually broke it down, and then uh-huh. when we were stopped, 
full disclosure, when we were setting up for this episode, I mean, the, uh, this segment, uh, I thought of Lassie. Another one was Lassie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just remembered another one that uh, it slipped my mind. But, uh, oh, the Munsters. They, they made Munster movies, too, like on TV. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. But isn't that weird? And then they were supposed to be from back then, but in modern times, which is like the funny part of it. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll jump back into it. But I broke it down where like Lassie is like a grittier version of Lassie. You know, everyone's seen Lassie, like Lassie, you know, come home, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But this was like a, like a loner kid. It was a kid from Sandlot, you know, yeah. my movie, you know, like that. But he's like, oh, I, I gotta move, I gotta move to the country. He's from like Seattle or he's from like New York, his skateboard and shit, you know, like. And then he was like, he grows to love the country. That's like the whole point of that. Yeah, so that's like a grittier version of that. Flip, you know? Flipper was like kind of like the same thing. Like they um, they updated it and they had like Crocodile Dundee, uh, like and Elijah Wood was like a kid. He like in the same thing. He he grew up in the city and then he got sent to live with his uncle who was um Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, and befriended a dolphin based on a thing. But like I said, like some of the shows they would set them in like the current day, or it would be something where they'd be basically the same way they were in the sixties, but in the nineties. And I was like Adam's family and Brady Bunch, um, and kind of play out, play up the, 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 the difference, the differences and just make it seem like they're weird compared to everybody else. And the funny thing about it is with, um, Adam's family, right. You know, so the show, the original show was always black and white. So, when they did like the the um the house and like the appearances of the the Adams family, like they kind of look like they use it they use muted colors like gray and black and white. But if you mm-hmm. ever saw like a colorized picture of the the house or the set from the 1960s show, it was like booming with color like it had color like everything was was like red and bright and and stuff like that but the black and white is what made it look so muted and so like gothic Mm. and they played they played that up in in the in the movie yeah i mean and if you go back to the 60s everything was trying to be all uh um what's the word color tonic i've heard the, the phrase but like you know the very bright colors because color tv was coming in mm-hmm. so like the adam's family and like the mustards was purposely like that ver- the, the contrast with all the other shows like brady bunch is very bright too and then um batman the batman series is like the biggest colorful show ever because they did it on purpose uh so back then they were trying to clash with current society and then the 90s were clashing with like oh adam's family they're actually the normal ones actually these people are weird, but the nineties people are yeah. weird. That's what I always got. Like the um, yuppies and stuff in part two, which is And remember like and you brought up like Batman. Remember when we did like the Bruce Wayne um drip? Yeah, when we did the Bruce Wayne drip episode, I said like the Joe Schumacher movies, if you think about them as like nineties remakes of like the sixties TV show, like they don't seem as bad. Cause they kind of had the same like campiness and the same like bright colors and stuff like that. Um, and like the, the, the comedy, the, the comedic relief and stuff like that. Um, so that, you know, you could also categorize, you know, Batman and Robin and Batman forever as like remakes of 
60s TV shows. Yeah, there was a famous clip. I mean, famous uh, clip. I know he passed away this summer, which is, you know, tribute to Joel Schumacher again. Uh, we talked about it then, but uh, it's a funny clip. I love I love what he says. He, people are, it's on the DVD uh, bonus features, right. or maybe it was Lewis Boys, but he's like, uh, they were shitting on me for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. It's a fucking, he's like, it's a movie. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. It's Batman. It's a comic book. Like, get over yourself. That's yeah. why I was like, all right. Then after that, I was like, all right, those movies are supposed to be silly. All right, all right let's. Yeah, no. People get these. The fanboys get too uh, crazy about it. Yeah, because it's funny because like I, I like when I was a kid, I liked it, and then when I got older, and then you saw like the Nolan Batman, um, movies. Like I started to like dislike it. Cause I thought it was like, oh, these these are corny. These you know these these don't make sense. Like when you look at Batman and Batman Returns, and then you look at the Nolan movies, and then the you know Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, like they stick out like a sore thumb. And then as I got older, I think about it. And I'm like, you know, perhaps if you think of these as remakes of the Adam West Batman series, like they you know you could see them in a more positive light. And that's why like when I watch them now. I really like enjoyed them. Yeah, and uh, we talked about like the contrast in these movies, you know, from like the when they were originally created, and then when they born back out in the '90s, how it clashed like new audiences, like we're the new audience, but we liked it on the surface, and there were different meanings. The other thing that came to mind was they were banking on franchises, and the earliest version of that, like where like you get like a two hundred million dollar budget just in like marketing was like Dick Tracy and Ghostbusters and Batman, the original Batman. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that was like more like my brother, but me, for some reason, movie never came out yet. It was like months before, but there was a home video of me getting so hyped over Flintstones. I was mm. like buying the toys and I was like, I got, I got friends of Flintstones. I got friends of <laughs> Like, it was kind of like, and it was like, like a half a billion dollar uh, budget back then. And they were banking on, you know, the Flintstones. It was crazy. I can't imagine that, like, you know, now it's comic books and all that. But I just find that weird like, going back and then, like, watching the movie. It's, like, really weird. It's, like, that it's all, like, based on old source materials, not, like, a superhero. It's, like, just a show. And that was a, that was a uh, homage to Honeymooners, you know? Yeah, and, like, I was going to bring up um, Flintstones, too, because that whole movie was basically like a really was just like a stretched out um Flintstones episode like I remember I actually like you you like just like you did like I was like hyped to see it too because I love the Flintstones cartoon and I actually remember like it's, it's funny because I hadn't remembered it until you know we we just talked you know you just talked about your excitement for it like me and my mom were my mom was taking me to see it like you know afternoon um uh showing of it and like i had got she i'd already been dressed i was like four or five years old so either like she dressed me or i got dressed or whatever and i was ready and like she was getting ready so i went outside and like i locked myself outside i I locked myself out of the house so i had to go downstairs and try to like figure out a way back in and i was like panicking and crying and then um, we eventually got to the movie and I like enjoyed it, but I totally forgot that story of me at like four years old getting locked out because I was gonna sit outside and wait. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm yeah, I'm a year or uh, older. I'm a, 
I'm going to show this clip of me. I was the smuggest five-year-old <laughs> when I had a party. And it's ironic because like, I, I still know these kids too growing up, you know, like a neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like at the table and I have a whole spread. I have like uh, Power Rangers, I have wrestling stuff a little bit, sort of. And then I have Flintstone stuff. And I'm like, ah, like, like doing stuff I saw on movies, like cracking my knuckles. I'm like, ah, my gifts and stuff. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, like all around me and stuff yeah. and i was like holding, what's it called like a mob thing where i'm like holding uh what do you call that again holding court <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah and like flintstones didn't even come out yet it was like two months before it came out and we were all like hyped for it it was great um i just i think that's fascinating stuff um you know i don't know it's like different now but um another one that came out was dennis the menace and that was just straight up home alone cash and they're trying to do like home alone with property you know, Dennis Mess was a cartoon and it was a uh, comic strip and it was also a show. Mm-hmm. But that was like 40 years later too. And then they kind of made it uh, kind of like last, like darker a little bit because I, I think that was Walter Matthau made that movie tolerable for older people, you know? Yeah, and they, um, another like common thread was um Christopher Lloyd. He was in that movie too. He was mm-hmm. the, the bad guy in that one. Um, creepy. Very and creepy. Then you, and then Dennis the Menace was based on like a comic strip and like a TV show and like another two movies that were based on comic books um, from yesteryear during that time was Casper the Friendly Ghost and um, Richie Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Oh my God. I forgot about that too. Hey, you know, the thing about Richie Rich is like, it, it always gave me like the the um the the um the wealth I aspire to get in the one scene I, I I tweeted it I don't know if you saw it Mike and I was just like yo that one scene when he shows his friends that he has a McDonald's in his house I was like yo I want to be that rich like to have my own McDonald's yeah and then uh you this man we're not we're not bringing them in and then huh uh, well uh these movies that we're rambling about uh, back then. Yeah, like, uh, back then? like the only thing that comes to mind to me, I don't know, like, I'm going off the rim with it, but like, like Beetlejuice, because it's similar to uh, Adam's family to me. Beetlejuice is one of them that comes to mind. Like, yeah. I don't know if like, like I mean, that's not based on, yeah, like, which is very, yeah, that's the like thing. I didn't know if it was based off like, because I know it, it, it but it's good you brought it up because, like, perhaps, like, Beetlejuice and a lot of those Tim Burton movies probably served as, like, inspiration for Adam's Family. Because you could probably look at Beetlejuice and be like... Yeah. And, uh, and like, Batman... Batman and, um... Batman and Batman Returns. Like, you could look at those and be like, oh, like, maybe we could make, like, the Adam's... Um we could make Adam's family now. Like you could, you could make that into a movie. Like, so, so yeah, like Beetlejuice could have served for the inspiration of, for that. I, I can, I was going to think about, I was going to bring this up. Uh, I was thinking of a way to, so in the eighties, they did a similar thing with these, mo- these series properties in the sixties and the fifties, they brought them back as like the new version, the new, and like they did it, the new honeymooners and they did the new lot couple. They did all these shows that were from back then. Um, but uh, I also mentioned Gen Xers. I'm not sure. I guess he's a Gen Xer, but Tim Burton, maybe a baby boomer. But he did Pee Wee Herman with Pee Wee Herman. And that was so self, you know, that was a reference, you know, meta thing. 
that led to Beetlejuice, that led to Batman, and then that led to people going back, just trying to make a moneymaker from an old property that was a hit in the 60s, which is, like, fascinating to me still. It's like, could you imagine now them making a show or a movie based on, like, these movies from the 90s? That's how long ago it was. It was, like, weird. Like, shows from the 90s? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, like, the only thing is, like, they'd make them... Cause you're already seeing it now. Like, look at Riverdale. Look at um, Teen Wolf. Like all of these stuff. Like, oh, and they made what, it with Sabrina. Sabrina with the 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 one with um with Sally Draper, and all they basically do is just take those properties and make them like darker. So like they can make it like a Save by the Bell. Like I think they are already. Like they're making a Save by the Bell and they're making it like more like. Yeah. 2020-ish, yeah. Yeah, it got postponed because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. But Zach is back. He's and gonna then, show up. And then the funny thing with um about Casper too, also, because I I don't know if I said it on this show. Did I? Maybe I did about Christina Ritchie. Oh my god. You know, Chris, you know Christina Ritchie is like my first crush. So like she was in she was in uh, Adam's Family, the two movies, and then she was in Casper. And it was funny because, well, the reason why I'm, I saw Adam's Family, and it's one of the reasons I look forward to October, you know, the 31 days of Halloween on, um, it used to be Family Channel, now it's um, Freeform. Freeform, yeah. So everybody gets all, like, hyped about, like, freaking Hocus Pocus. Like, and I like Hocus Pocus, ain't nothing wrong with that. But I always get hyped because like Adam's family and Adam's family values more Adam's family values more because I, the first Adam's family, me and Mike were discussion, discussing that it was like a lot more dark and they had a lot. It, it was more like a dark comedy. Whereas like the second movie, Adam's family values was more of like a regular old like comedy movie. But I, I was thinking I was watching Casper the other day and it was just funny to me when like he the part where he turns into like a real boy and he's played by um yeah. what's my boy name man apparently all the girls from, love them yeah. little, little giants Devin Sawa that's his I, name. I, I don't Hans I don't Hans what the fuck is called yeah Devin Sawa you know like he he was the dude like he was in Little Giants he was in Casper and not one part he was in um he was in the other movie too um now and then remember that movie with Christina Ritchie and, yeah. and Rosie O'Donnell and all that? Yeah, yeah. So he was in that movie and then um, he eventually um, when he was older, he was in the first um, Final Destination. But... He's Stan. Yeah, like, you know, just like, that's a dude, man. Shout out to Devin Sawa if you, you're watching this, man. You you was that guy. Um, you're shocking me right now because Stan was at my first makeout party when I was like in sixth grade. They were playing it on TV and it was, you know, the video for Stan. Now and then I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a Stan video too. Yeah. Blooming, a blooming uh, noticing of, of girls in school. Um, Little Giants was like that too. You know, it's funny that he was like kind of in all those movies. And then, um, but the thing I was thinking about when I was watching Casper, right? So the whole movie, he's like Casper the Friendly Ghost, like, oh, you know, like, you know, all like, like wholesome and stuff like that. And then he turns into a real boy. 
and then he just turns into like this 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 like Lotharo. He turns into like this this like like um he says to her when they're dancing, he was like, Can I keep you? I was just like <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he just turned from Casper to the friendly ghost into Casper to Dirty Mac. <laughs> but isn't he also dressed like he's from like the Victorian age? Like he's like 120 years old. No, well, it was a costume party because remember it was like a Halloween. Oh, okay, maybe I'm just misremembering. Okay. And you know the the funny thing, like the the house. Remember they used that same house for the um everybody. Yeah, really? yeah, it's the same oh, house. Yeah. The, 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 the little spiral on the floor. Thing. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. But Dan Aykroyd in it took Ghostbusters. The yeah, only he did his own. Um, yeah, Ghostbusters cameo. Well, I was hyped about that because I was a, a I was a nostalgic kid before things were nostalgic, which is another thing we're gonna bring up because we love talking about these. This may seem like uh, esoteric to a lot of our followers who are gonna watch, but uh, we love this thing called I love the eighties. Right, we were talking about that as well, and it was like yeah, them talking yeah. about things they grew up on, but we we're talking about things we grew up on. It's kind of like a new version of it, where you know, um, it's just fun to talk about it now, like in our minds now, and then how we were thinking back then, you know. Yeah, and I love like these little segments that we have where we talk about like nostalgia and, and stuff like that. There you go, I had that same video too. So, this is probably a year after I was hyped because I probably got this for like but back then, VHS came out like a year later. HBO would have it like a year later, and um, this is probably '94. Yeah, so the movie came out in like '93. No, no, it came out '94. You know, yeah, it's, so, you uh, know, it's funny to me. Like, I found, I realized, like, I don't know if I realized it when I was a kid or I realized it when I was older. Most likely it was when I was older. Like, Betty Rubble was supposed to be like a hottie, so like, <laughs> and they they picked Rosie O'Donnell. No. Friends to Rosie O'Donnell, like, listen, Rosie O'Donnell has fucked more bitches than all three of us combined, probably. <laughs> so, so I don't think she'll be offended by this. Um, but like, you know, like the the casting for it, like, damn, they could have had like Demi Moore or like, I'm trying to think like another like brunette, like Gina it's Davis or something. Yeah, like they had Liza, um, not Liza, Elizabeth Taylor, which is like a, an icon. You know, we all know her from Club. Cleopatra and everything, but she's an icon that, from Tennessee uh, Williams. Miss Sligo. Like Anthony, I mean, Anthony Perkins, Jesus. Um, Elizabeth Perkins. Big. Elizabeth Perkins is an Anthony. Yeah. yeah, so from Big. And that's, that's funny. Psycho. <laughs> that's Norman Bates. Betty Rubble. And then Rick Moranis is in it too. We all know him from the news that happened recently. Shout out to the big homie. Yeah, and then John Goodman. Um, maybe, I think he might have had something to play with. Oh, who made this? Was it Penny Marshall? Gary Marshall could have been Gary Marshall, maybe. I don't know. I know Steven Spielberg produced it. Oh, Barry Levine, yeah. Oh, Barry Levant, never mind. Yeah, but anyway, so like a lot of these movies were uh vehicles. And John John Goodman used to get a lot of his like a lot of like he would get a lot of rules where you'd be like, oh, like, yeah, like. You know, like rules where if you brought up a name and you're like, "Oh, you know who should play him?" John Goodman. Like he was Fred Flintstone. He was um Babe Ruth. Um, if they made Honeymooners, he he would have been uh uh Ralph Cramden. Like he 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 found his spot in the '90s, man. Shout out to well, King Ralph too. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, King Ralph was enough too. Um, but then wait. 
in the 2000s and the yeah in the 2000s they did these over again too but like honeymooners you mentioned they made honeymooners with uh subject entertainer i believe right well you know the thing in this in the 2000s i also was gonna allude to this a little bit was like you see how like in the 90s they did like 60s like in the 2000s they did 70s like with charlie's angels and starsky and hutch um right and um those type of movies there's some other yeah, ones I mean, also generational you know like i get it i think that's the model like you bank on it like the kids you know your parents bring the kids mm-hmm. you know i think with the 60s it was like gen xers were like huh i'm not gonna watch pretty bunch you know like well they weren't gonna watch that and you know they were all into the no, I, love, I love both of those movies yeah, we're not gen xers though you know what you said, Joel? The Brady Bunch movies? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I like them too. We're in the same boat. Yeah, but I was watching, like, because I know I've been quiet this whole segment. Like, I don't know if you guys have been watching, like, Cobra Kai on Netflix. Oh. Mm, I haven't yet. I'm going to start watching yeah. it. I'm going to start watching it. Yeah, because, like, based on the whole nostalgic thing, you know, like, it's based, you know, obviously Karate Kid, the whole. With Mr. Miyagi, it's nostalgic because, like, it, it really, like, the show on Netflix brings back essence of the movie, like, every single show so far, like, and every single season. So I recommend that to you guys. You know, we speaking on nostalgia. I heard it was pretty dark. Like, like, uh, like it was, like, weird. I heard it was dark. Like, uh, Daniel I mean, it's, can really it's, it's a little really dark. Like it's like Billy Zach. It's more like dark guy. comedy. It's not like it's like dark comedy. Mm-hmm. More dark comedy yeah, than this. But it's like still oh, a bunch yeah. of '80s references. Yeah, well, that's it's on my uh, Netflix like on the playlist. That's the next thing. But uh, um, yeah, so I'm gonna start watching that. We'll watch that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it and compare it to the originals because I know it was Shoe, yeah. favorite of ours, and the original, and. Uh, Maybe we can have any excuse to talk about her. Um, but yeah, you know, like um, I mentioned Dick Tracy. I was going to say Dick Tracy, Batman, June, and um, Ghostbusters 2 all came out like in the same little like calendar year almost, like 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 a 12 month period. Mm-hmm. Biggest marketing, but Rocketeer too. And Adam's family, they had huge uh, marketing behind it. And I actually was in theaters. My mom um, took me and my brother. I was obviously, it was like 91, so I was like two or three, depending on when it came out. And I actually, one of my earliest memories is like being in there. And they had a thing with Wayne's World, where the Wayne's World were on the set. And they're like, wow. And they're like, they're doing Gen, you know, Gen X stuff. And they're like, Adam's family, pretty cool that they're bringing back the 60s show. Like, they're, you know, like re- you know, everyone knows Wayne's World is all about like references and stuff. Yeah. And I remember watching him like, wow. He's like, stay tuned for our movies coming out in November. I just thought it was cool. You know, I was like, that I remember that. He also had MC Hammer. And they had like the whoop. MC Hammer was a big deal. Yeah, like a whoop. There it is for for like Adam's family, but tag team. Oh, it? it was uh, Adam's groove. That's a big deal. Yeah. Could you hear it? I don't want to get blocked. I heard it a little bit, hopefully. We'll get, our, we'll get legal on it. Legal. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can talk about legal 
you know, I get to watch movies all day. You know? Yeah. All right. So on Twitter, we saw a tweet, and it was mentioned. It was talking about uh, John Cena's new marriage. He, he's he's with someone. He just got uh, married, and they were kind of mentioning how he he strung Mickey Bella along uh, for all those years, and he had these like stipulations. Ironically, because he's a wrestler, but like contracts and stuff like he was coming off a marriage where he didn't want any kids anymore. He was seeing all these things. And now he is living that whole domestic lifestyle and like the fairy tale wedding and everything. And people were saying that uh, we're attacking him. And like Nikki Bella was like, they were kind of like, I don't know, these were victimized, but they were like, he screwed over Nikki Bella. Or he strung her along I, and tried to make her like the victim or and him victimizing yeah. her and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so um, this is peripheral from like wrestling, but it's still wrestling related. So, you know, I'm interested. Um, I just think it was, it was ironic that, uh, nah, I guess ironic, but like if the shoes were not in, in the other feet, would they be seeing the same thing? If like if John Cena was like a hopeless romantic, and then like Nikki Bella like left for some like other guy, or whatever, or something like that, and then like what would they say? Like it's always like, yeah, that's what me and Show were talking about. So we can we'll elaborate. But Show, you're you know when when this came up, you sent it to me. Like, what were you what were you thinking? What were you feeling? All right, so it's so I, it came across my my timeline. Somebody had like responded to this tweet. Um, I'm not going to say the person's name, but she said um, John Cena John Cena getting married two years after telling Nikki he didn't want to remarry and then changing his mind and have kids is dot, 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 very on brand for men, LOL. He doesn't want to marry you in capital letters. He doesn't want to have children with you. Women are strung along with empty promises for years. Sad. And um, in response, this is what I tweeted back. I said, both he and her are married to other people, found happiness with other people. That's life. Sometimes someone does you and themselves a favor. But I, I mean, like, I always rationalize things, like, especially when, um, like, things with me and, like, uh, uh, a fee- me, me and a girl don't work out whether it be on my end or whether it be on their end, is that sometimes some people do you the biggest favors in the worst ways. So, of course, like, you're going to feel, like, hurt and embarrassed when somebody, like, strings you along and then just lets you go. But I think, in, in essence, like, people are just revealing themselves. And... If somebody, if you're with somebody and that person really doesn't want to be with you and doesn't want to commit to you, like they're doing you a favor. Why would you want your time to be wasted? And the thing I took issue with is that she said, like, that's on brand for men, but women do the same thing. I've had that happen to me. Like, I've been with a, a woman and like, you know, things end like abruptly. And you know, in the, the time, like, right after, like, I'm hurt and I'm pissed off. Like, Mike, you you know. Joel, you know. Because I've, I've talked about it with you guys. Um, well, man, you use the word abruptly. That's, like, my freaking theme that I always bring up. I'm like, how do you go from overnight to this, you know? 
And it's crazy. And it's weird. Um, Cause, and also like uh, another thing is like uh, another thing I saw on uh, on Twitter was like somebody posted like a video of like this guy and this girl, um, basically like hugged up in a club and kissing and embracing each other and whatever, whatever, right? And it was a girl I posted it and she was like, "Oh, when guys are like affectionate or whatever," and I like responded to that. I was like, usually when I'm when I start doing that with a girl, like, you know, hugging her up and kissing her up and this and the third, like, things start to go, like, that, you know, things don't, don't last long much after that. Um, and it's seen as, like, smothering and stuff like that. And, like, the first thought that crossed my head is, like, oh, like, maybe you should stop doing that. But in reality, it's just, like, listen, like, I'm an affectionate, um, dude and i show like affection and stuff like that but that shouldn't change i shouldn't change myself i should just find somebody that um wants that type of affection and wants to be hugged up and kissed up in a club or in a bar or in public and stuff like that don't you know not change up my style and i think the thing with um john and and nikki is that you know Obviously, like, he didn't want to be together with her long term. Maybe she had also. But at the end of the day, like, she ended up marrying, um, I can't say his name because it's like a, a long name. But he's one of the, like, dancers from um, Dancing with the Stars. She married him and, like, they had, they, they had, they just had a kid. And John ended up marrying some, somebody else. So that's why I said, like, they found happiness elsewhere. Now, if John would have kept on playing that game or married her just for the sake of marrying her, both of them would have been unhappy. They would have been divorced. It would have been a whole thing. But him and her deciding to just end their whole thing led, led them to other people and led them to people that they ended up eventually being happy with. I'm going to ask Joel about this too, but just off that um it wasn't like a guy who goes out with someone for years and hides what he's thinking and his motives. Dude, he laid out a goddamn contract to her and said, I don't want to get married. I don't want this with this. Like he said what he felt and she stuck around. No offense, but she stuck around. Yeah, you know, that, like, that was her choice. Right away. And then what also, what did I write to you afterwards? I go, shoes on the other foot. If she did, I'm not blaming women. I love women. I sound like Trump now. I'm I know women more than anyone, you know. <laughs> no, but um no, but seriously, like if that happened and then let's say it was the other way, you know, like and then she goes, uh, I'm confused, you know, I thought I wanted this, but I didn't want this, and then now I've met this guy and I'm living and then some guy would, or someone would attack that and say, uh, like, oh, why didn't she why didn't she just leave John Cena before like years ago and then she's like well she's living her life like she needs to explore she needs to find herself john cena could have been confused you know doing his old hollywood thing and he was like what am i going to do with life he already had his whole past before he was famous with the i think everybody how many he has like a one kid right with, with a previous marriage right i'm not too sure i, I know he was married i don't, I don't know about him yeah he was definitely married because he had issues um he used to have a bodyguard because he wasn't supposed to go out to after-hour clubs. He was that type of dude. He'd go into his uh, hotel and then go out the window. Mm -hmm. It was wild. He had issues, man. Come on. 
but now he's happy. You know, he's obviously happy. But uh, Joel, um, did you follow this? Because I know you're still like a fan. You're still a fan of wrestling. We talked about it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see any of like the tweets, but like as you know, I am a still. You know, I watch wrestling a little bit. John Cena. I always like John Cena, especially when he first came up. You know, uh, with the Thugonomics moniker where he was the, the, the rapper always sound that funny so like that's like you know I've always loved John Cena for that and just in general like he's just like you know an entertaining wrestler so but like when it comes to like just oh anybody like relationship that is like if I do read up on or hear on things I just hear certain things because even like you know celebrities have their own problems with you know, where relationships are, obviously, but a lot of people just you know they are because we discussed them. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, people assume just because they're celebrities and they have money and they can afford all of these glamorous things that they're happy, and it's like, no, money isn't money and fame isn't the key to like any happiness at all, like any successful relationship, and that's just what people understand, and they want to put John Cena there. And uh, what's her name? Nikki? Nikki Bella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikki Bella. They want to put both of them in there just because they, you know, they're wrestlers. They're famous wrestlers. They're entertainers just in, in general, just famous entertainers. So they want to throw their name in there, assuming just because they live in, again, the, the, the glamour, glitz and gold, and this, that, and the third, that their relationship has to be perfect or that John Cena has to marry her or vice versa, like nobody is entitled to marry anybody until you're fully in love with them, period, point blank. And that's just the whole thing. People want to rush into marriages, rush into relationships, or not even rush into, rush into like a dating romantic relationship. They just want that so quick at the jump. As soon as the relationship starts, they feel like, oh, if romance isn't included or all of these whatever you feel like is romantic to you that you're not in love or you don't like that person. And that just doesn't make any sense. So then that's how just people come up with their own conclusions. And that's, like I said, everybody just has their own idea and their own definition kind of what love means. And sadly, yeah, I think people really think love means Oh, how much you can you give me? Like people want to receive love more than giving, and like I said, that's you know I could go all day about this, but go going you know just to speaking on John Cena and Nikki Bella, like I said, they're entertainers. They probably, you know, they was too busy to love each other. They or whatever the case might be, like yo, they don't have to marry each other right away. They don't have to. It's not John Cena's fault. It's not Nikki's fault. Nobody's fault. They're, you know, they're entertainers. They go about their day. They have their businesses, separate lives sometimes. And that's just how it goes. Yeah, and I think, like, the thing, too, is, like, some some people always think, like, a relationship is, like, malleable. It's just something you could, like, mold and make into the way you want it to be. Like, if you find somebody, like, you can make that person into the person you want to be. And, it's, like, point blank shit don't work like that. Like, it's always going to be somebody that's like one foot in and one foot out. And you just got to find that person that's both feet in. But the thing about 
John Cena and Nikki Bella um that I thought about or I expressed to 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 Mike when we were discussing it is that you know obviously Nikki has married somebody else and they've had a kid so they've been together for a while and John Cena like he just married um this lady like a few days ago recently so what I was expressing to Mike was like, what do people, what did people want? Like, was John Cena just supposed to be single and miserable for the rest of his life because he didn't want to be with Nikki Bella? Is that, that what people wanted? Shay Sharizia Sadez, I can't pronounce it. It's uh, sounds Arabic or Israeli. Uh, but yeah, I know they are workplace. They were workplace um, partner. They were like, in, you know, in a company together, like working together on the road and everything. And could you call that a relationship from convenience? That's very commonplace, even in everyday people uh, stratosphere. But uh, also, they did make a whole show of it at one of the WrestleManias recently, where they he proposed, uh, Cena proposed to mm-hmm. Nikki Bella. That was kind of weird. Yeah, that's kind of weird, though. I was gonna say that too. Was like, that you know, every time you go back and you watch WrestleMania, what was at thirty four? Um, like he, yeah. you know, every anytime they do like a retrospective, like it's gonna be um, because I even thought it was like kind of weird, but you know, they they have the show um, Total Bellas and the show like Total Divas, where you know they they show the personal lives of like the um, well now the Bellas, which was a spinoff of Total Divas, but T- Total Divas was like the personal life of the um the the female wrestlers and and um ring announcers and commentators like their personal life like you don't see in the ring so i guess they was trying to do that to like promote the show and the dynamic of their family is would have been interesting because nikki was engaged to john cena uh brie bella of course is married and had kids with Daniel Bryan and then their mother was married to Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis. So it was like going to be a whole like wrestling family and I guess they they tried to like hype that whole thing up and you know Mike, you're, you're probably more of an expert on this but other than like it's, you, you really don't see many wrestling couples who get married last like for like a long time even like you know the most whirlwind romance in wrestling history uh macho man randy savage and miss elizabeth like they got married on tv and they were actually divorced for years yeah (laughs) they were filing for divorce which is insane uh he's like oh i still love elizabeth i still love her man uh, don't worry about that. I still love her. And then they worked together in like 2000 together. Like they were managing, she was managing him again for like a little while. Then he went into another thing with someone else, which is another drama. Yeah, God. Uh, but yeah, um, like Shawn Michaels, he married someone who was in the business too. And then they're still together. And like she kind of like, she's like the born again thing. Um, it, but everyone else, you always see it. Like, it was and- like, and they were on you know, it was different companies too with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. It didn't work out though. Like um and also but bring him up again, Shawn Michaels. He was married before he got big time. Yeah. And he said that he didn't even see her. He saw her like twelve times a year. 
How do you be married to someone if you only see them 12 times? That's like being deployed. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thing. It's just very confusing. Um, and the fact that any celebrity who's like a Hollywood big time, they usually are together because they have similar schedules and they understand each other. Um, they were in the same business too. Uh, he just laid it out. There. I think he laid it out there. She wanted to be with him. He wanted her there. I've been personally. I've been in a situation when I was a kid, like when I was younger, and someone claimed not claimed, but they said that, "Are you? Am I a placeholder?" I heard that word before, and I was like, uh, first off, I'm you know, I'm just figuring things out myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, what twenty? I was like nineteen, twenty. I'm like, I'm not depend. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm still trying to figure things out. And that's why I go back to the thing. If like Nikki Bella said, um, oh, um, they go, oh no, she had to find herself. I'm like, it's something a part of her life. It's an experience. I feel it's a, like, I'm not like, it's a cop out sometimes like, when that happens with like some gender. I feel like it's kind of like a double standard sometimes. But yeah. hey. It's like I said, like, what would they expect them for him to just be single and like a lifelong bachelor and never find happiness? Like just because he didn't find happiness with her. And I, again, I think it goes back to like a lot of people like to put their like to care a lot more than the actual people themselves. Like you're seeing it now with like Cardi B and Offset. Like Cardi B, like all of these people are like talking about Offset because you know they divorced and now I guess they getting back together and like to me like as uh, from the outside watching in like it's, it's it's exhausting it's just like i don't care what cardi b and offset do i don't care what john and nikki bella do because at the end of the day like they have their own lives and i, I guarantee you that nikki bella who's married to this whole other person and is happy and has a family now and john cena who's now married to this other person they're happy and they're having a family. Like I said, it goes back to sometimes people do you the biggest favors in the worst ways. Like I've, I've talked to both of y'all about like failed situations that I've been in. And I mean, I, I thought like, especially after like the last one I was in, like, you know, I made it like an exercise and I thought to myself of all the women, you know, obviously I'm single now. I'm like, yo, like, did I mess it up? Or like, you know, what could I have done better? And I'm like, I look back on it and I'm like, you know, of all the women I've been with in my life, I think only like three of them are women like I'd like to get like a second shot at. I believe you, me, if you're listening, it's not you. But um, yeah, actually, the someone I was involved with for a year or whatever, but I was still like, this is still like in the transition period from like being like a teen college to like now, like the last like five or seven years, a little more than that. But um, they were this type of individual, all respect to you, I don't know if that's who you are, but they had a timetable, uh, 25, this type of job, 28, engaged, 30, this thing. Like they had a whole plan out and it's like, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just like, they get it. And uh, I was on a different thing. I needed to find someone that's like, gets me more. It's more like, I guess I'm more of like the artistic creative thing, not to pat myself on the back. But mm-hmm. I'm not like regimental with like time and stuff. Like this needs to be happened then. 
uh, I think you guys probably agree with that. Um, or can can relate to that, but uh, like it was abrupt. The word again, abrupt. And because the person already had the plan, like months, like a month before that, it was just gonna like, all right, I'm moving on now. Uh, I got a new job, this thing. And I like I had I wasn't even thinking that because in my mind it was more like fluid, where like we'll work things out together and stuff. But my mom sent me like uh, an article like a week later, and it was Stephen Colbert, and he was like accept it because like everyone needs a bad breakup to become like a better person you need one of those moments where you realize like oh there's some people out there like you need that moment and then you completely change and that happened i was like all right i can expect anything from anyone and it was funny because it was colbert i used to like him a lot and uh, i haven't really watched him but that was great advice you gotta keep you know the punches you uh, rolling with punches you become tougher stronger you know yeah, and, like, the, the thing a lot of people, like, say to me is, like, oh, like, I'm picky, and uh, my mother my mother and my stepdad, they always have this saying, like, it was, like, you're going to pick, pick until you pick shit. But my thing is, like, I want to pick, I want to, like, I might be picky, but I want to just, like, I want to choose, and I want to choose right the first time because I feel like you save yourself a lot more pain yeah. Um, down the road, if you if, if if you find somebody that's on the that meets like a lot of your like you know matches a lot of the things you, you want in a person, and both of y'all on the, like the same wavelength. And I mean, like I say, like you know, relationships and stuff like that aren't malleable. You can't just make them into what you want. But sometimes, you know, you 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 know, sometimes you could you could compromise, and and find some kind of like um middle ground there but to like change your whole person for somebody else like or having somebody or wanting somebody to change who they are just to fit what you want like it might be fine for a little while but it's not gonna be you know um feasible later on and then that's when especially if like you get married and then you have kids and now like you know, other people are involved, you know, you have to start thinking about them. And then with marriage, it's like, all right, now, you know, we talk about Dr. Dre and his wife. It's like, now, like, it's becoming expensive. So it's a, it's a thing. But Joel, you, you... case in point, Michael Fester and Deb. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Joel. That's cool. I guess I like it. This is why I like this whole relationship thing too. Like, I always preach before even trying to get into a damn relationship like seriously if you do not know how to do anything for yourself first i don't think you need to go try to find somebody to help fill that void because i think that's like a lot of people try to date that way too like they just want to complete a void Mm -hmm. you have to figure that out yourself like like for real like whatever you gotta do like and i'm you know real big on mental health like, whatever it is you got to do to, like, find a void for yourself first before trying to find that in someone else, then, I don't know, like, I'm not, you know, obviously a psychologist, but, like, that's just how I know how I cope with myself. Like, I don't ever, like, any relationship I ever gotten into, I never got into, to, like, to fill a void. Like, I found that on my damn own. Like, I might have been miserable. It wasn't happy. I was, I trust and believe. I wish I could have, I could have been smashing I could have been doing all of that. I was in my room, lonely. 
but hey, like, like I said, like that's just, it, I just build in my character, like filling that void for myself instead of trying to find a girl to fill that void for me. Because like, honestly, that nine times out of 10, that's probably not going to work. So the thing is, just try to like find that void for yourself before trying to date somebody, trying to find someone who, who's going to fill that void for you. Because you're going to be really looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. Honestly, like if nobody knows your thoughts better than you. So it's, unless, you know, you want to find somebody to tell your thoughts with and all of this, that's cool too. But like all of that is things that you got to build up for. Like Again, everybody wants the instant gratification as soon as they date. It's like, okay, so it's like a timeline of things. All right, so now we're dating. Okay, so that means... Sooner or later, we got to talk about marriage. So we got to talk about the marriage now. Oh, what about kids? Oh, now we want kids before marriage. Marriage before kids. Which one is it? Because, you know what I mean? Because me personally, I don't give a damn. Like, if I have the kids with you before marriage, that's not going to change anything. If I marry you before we have kids, it's not going to change anything. Like, But some people really see that as a big-ass difference. Like, oh, no, I want kids first before the ring or I want the ring first. And that causes a problem in relationships. Honestly, maybe not, it doesn't have to be a breakup. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, malicious. There's always, you know, gonna be problems in relationships, just work it out. Yeah, but it, it can't be something that you were thinking of. Like you can't have somebody fill that void. Like I see, I keep saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the build character. That's actually something from the article I mentioned with Colbert. He goes, oh, Bill's character. He said, like, tongue-in-cheek. But I always say that, too. Like, I went, I'm glad I went through all that shit, you know? Yeah, it might have been a harder person to deal with later on because I'm, like, trust me, I was way different. And someone that I'm with now that's, like, you know, totally, you know, unconditionally just in love and everything. But I could be a dick sometimes because, like, I have, like, past stuff. You know, I'm, like um that I went through and like I it's a it kind of like put like a, a you know a thing over me like a barrier sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm always looking out for stuff but uh I'm glad I went through it because um like you know like harden you is like the word but uh you have to go through it or you're gonna just get screwed over again later on yeah and I think like Joel said like you know with people trying to like find or or fill some kind of like void. I think like the first thing you gotta do is like you gotta like love yourself, like not in like a cocky, arrogant, narcissistic, self-centered way. Just love yourself. Like find things about you that you like. Cause if you like them, somebody else is gonna like like them too. And you gotta find somebody that loves themselves too. Cause if you if if they don't like then obviously they're going to fill that void with you and you don't want that type of thing. That's when you get like dependent relationships. Yeah, the thing is, I don't like like when people project like their insecurities on me. It's like, especially now, like I'm not dating anybody in their teens. Like I'll be a pedophile. I'm <laughs> 30 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm dating like women close to my age. So it's like, I don't want to have to take all of that like all those insecurities or that baggage that some of y'all might have. I'm not saying it's all of y'all because men have baggage too, probably more than some women, but whatever. I'm just saying like, I'm not trying to take all that baggage. 
just like this. I know some girls that like sheesh and like I don't want to inherit all of that but just because I don't want to inherit all of that baggage I'm the asshole or I'm the dickhead I'm like yo listen I'll take that that's another thing too like being called like I've been called asshole from girls I've never even wanted to date like what are you talking about how am I an asshole and like I show no indication of liking you or anything but and that's another thing too that annoys me too like I've been in situations where it's like I was in assumed relationships like I didn't even know I was dating some of these some girls I was dating I'm like what like when well I said was hi oh we the, the most we said is hi and bye and like how you doing but what you know what I mean but like I said all, all that's why I don't like like insecurities all of that is gonna in turn, like you're gonna see the other person as the bad guy if you fill with insecurities. Cause like that's just my biggest, my biggest concern is inheriting all of that. Like I could take a little bit. Like I understand. Like cause you're gonna have to deal with my insecurities too. I don't have a lot. But it's almost like yo, like some, it'd be a whole list of things that like girls went through. Some girls I've I've spoken to, have been to, and it's like nah, I'm 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 fine. That's another reason why, like, I haven't gotten into, like, a lot of relationships either. Like, the relationship I'm in now has been my longest five years. And it's been going just because it's been going five years. It's due to the past, my past relationships. If I didn't go through what I went through in my past relationships, I, I don't think this would have been going on five years. Right. What if, like, you think it's, like, the person and then they have all these insecurities and these unresolved uh, issues? And you help them through it, and you help them, and then they just fucking bail on you, and you're like, then you waste the time. You be in that Nikki Bella thing where like, oh my best years I wasted. Yeah, and then obviously. You, they don't, you know what I mean? That's, that's happened to me. Like that's happened to me. I don't. I don't came like another thing too. Like uh, I think I said it before. Like being honest with women is not 100 percent. Like trust me, you gotta lie sometimes. Oh yeah. Like me being honest, like has gotten me in trouble more, and it's like yo, like. I'm saying, but again, these are because of insecurity. Because you think I'm lying just because you got lied to in kind of the same type of fashion you got lied to before, and now you think I'm lying. I'm like, what? I'm telling you the truth. Like, uh, but whatever. Projection. Like, you know, that's the thing. But I've, been, I've been guilty of it too sometimes, like projecting it onto someone that someone else did. But then, you know, we worked on it. Sure, got anything else uh, with this? Wrap it up again with Cena and Bella because we went off track. For yeah, 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 yeah. Just like to to um to to finish it off. Um, like again, going back to that that tweet about it. You know, it ain't just men that be stringing along women. Women string along men too. It's it's, it's it, it 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 goes it goes with the territory. Like you're gonna find somebody that's like not as into you. Um, as you are of them, and and this and the fourth, like you remember that song, "Love Stinks." You know, uh, he, he he loves her, and she likes this guy, and you know it just goes on and on. But like sometimes, like you just find that that mutual vibe, and it it, it just works out. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't work out for um Nikki and John, and I I think like I said, it, it, it you know when you're working for the same company it kind of takes away from from um the whole relationship because remember John Cena's like the top dude and then she started to get like that big push as well too so then people was looking at her like oh like you only 
getting this kind of like recognition because you're 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 in bed with like the top the top guy, the face of the company. So of course you're getting that big push. And it's a weird it actually is a weird dynamic to think about it, but you know, the whole like Dan Bryan thing. Final thoughts, Mike, what you got? All right, so uh I'm at work all day long and usually they play the same music on over again. It gets kind of uh, annoying. But they were playing Tom Petty for like seven hours in a row. And then I remember just because it was death anniversary, which was five years ago this week. And Tom Petty's one of the guys who I never got to see live, even though I had so many opportunities to. So um, if you ever have the chance when music gets back with the concerts and stuff, just see everyone you can, you know. Um, but yeah, also last week I did a, I did a podcast with Melee Media. These guys are cool. They're pro wrestling related. They do these game shows, like a trivia game show. And they had a spot for me. So they threw me into a tournament. Uh, no spoilers, but uh, you might be seeing me around because it's a Rob, Rob, Robin tournament. So you might see me. Maybe not. Maybe I lost. Who knows? Some people are saying I won. Some people say I lost. You know, we don't know. Uh, and also, I want to say that. Uh, What's the name of it? What's the name of it? So, so Melee Media. Just uh, go to Instagram, Melee Media. Um, from there, they branch out to different things, talk about pop culture, much like us. Uh, they said, you know, they love, uh, they listen to our show. They're, they're listening. Um, so I'll send a link, uh, you know, and there's a lot of technical issues. We have a, a lot of videos coming out. Uh, we have the beer reviews out there. We have the Stone Cold uh, Broken Skull IPA. Uh, we wanted to kick off with that one, but then our second one we had showed, uh, reviewed Stone IPA, and you know I checked it out, Variety Pack. Um, so if you like what you see, go check it out. You know you can get this for like like two bucks. You get the six Variety Pack in like a supermarket, and it's like twelve bucks. You get like six of them. Try out different ones. Uh, and I, I respect Chug's opinion, uh, so I think you guys should too. Uh, the whole episode, um, we talked about a lot today. Um, uh, the, the Bill Burr and Big Alaska we put together, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with social media and like reactionary. Like some people might not even like watch it and they just like are feeding off of other people's tweets and stuff. I think just take it at face value. Bill Burr was doing jokes. Um, that's comedy. A stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy's back. Uh, I, we're not going to go to any shows. We went to Artie Lane, but I don't think Manhattan's going to have any or New York City area. Uh, but other parts of the country, you can go out there now. They have, like, drive-ins for, like, stand-up. Check that out. Uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella, that's, we always like to talk about relationships. Obviously, it's complicated because they're, like, celebrities and it's always a little different, but looking back at my own personal experiences, uh, I think people in their lives, they have different moments and different like eras and stages. Um, you can't just assume that someone was thinking this, like you can't assume like, oh, I'm going to use this woman for five years. And then, then we'll, you know, then I'll change up my mind because things are evolved. Life evolves naturally. Uh, Big Alaska, we see a lot of people trying to monetize hate. We see it with the president. He's trying to monetize hate. Uh, divert, you know, like uh, chaos. He made it to the he made it to the White House, and um, hopefully that's where it ends. And then there'll be a repercussion, and we'll see the next couple of years like 
back end of this whole presidency, and I think it's going to end like Nixon. Um, I love talking about movies. Um, I'm very meta. People would say that I'm very. I reference a lot of things, and I think we talked a lot about these movies being uh, like satires and like sarcastic. And um, like Adam's family, I really hope uh, we have to talk about more about movies because I'm surrounded by a library of movies now, and I can talk about movies all day long. So at that moment, I'm going to ask Joel for his final thoughts because I can keep talking about movies all day. Right, right. Well, my only final thoughts, like, good episode today. So, like, my only really final thoughts is, like, on the whole Bill Burr situation, you know, his monologue for SNL and the outrage behind it. Like, I'm going to start with love. Like, I understand the outrage because, you know, especially in the climate we are. But what people need to understand is, like, certain people actually go through, have been through a situation like that before, not exactly the way, you know, uh, um, Bill Burr's monologue stated. But people have been in those situations, especially Black and Hispanic males. We've been in situations where we got accused by a white woman for something. And that's just, you know, that's clear cut. Like, it, it hurts for you to hear it, but imagine how it hurts for, you know, Black and Hispanic males to go through it, actually go through it. It hurts even way more. So that's like, yeah, like I said, the outrage, especially in today's climate, is, is understandable, but like this has been happening and it's probably still going to happen to Black and Hispanic males for, for the longest, honestly. Because like, like I said, we got, you know, like I said, again, me and you, should we've been in a situation like that, or, you know, at a bar. So, you know, that's really like my only final thoughts. Yeah. Um... So today we we got like a good variety of different topics. Um, ho- hopefully everybody stuck along and and listened to everything. I know it's um, couple like almost just days away from the election. So I know the last couple episodes have been very politics heavy, and we um, I know like earlier in the show we talked about the town halls and stuff. Um. But see, that's a situation there where, like, you know, we wanted to keep that nice and, like, concise. So, like, you know, this episode could kind of be a break, not just for, you know, the audience listening to this, but also for us on the whole politics side of things. So um, please use this episode as that. Um, I'm going to talk about Bill Burr and Baked America to, I mean, Bake Alaska together because they kind of go hand in hand. And I think the theme that I, I took away from it was basically like white privilege um, where in Bill Burr, you know, or like in Bake Alaska, he basically as a white white man tried to like exercise his privilege in that store by not wearing a mask, even though the store required you to, to wear a mask and then in turn try to make himself look like he's being oppressed and like um he was in distress and and stuff like that and then going back to what bill burr said about like white women and even what he said about masks and stuff like listen um he he said it in his thing he was like you know like 
now we got to listen to all of those people who we used to cheat off of in high school because obviously they're the smart ones. If you if if you think they were smart enough to cheat off their tests, like they're obviously smart enough to have the research and the know-all. I say, like, you know, we're supposed to take these steps, you know, um, wearing your mask, uh, maintaining six feet uh, distance, social distancing, and, and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, when he talked about, about white women, you know, like, it is, like for the most part, it's, it's true. I mean, it's an opinion, but it's, it's based off fact. You know, a lot of women, white women in general, have benefited off of, you know, a lot of oppression that white supremacy has, has brought on the world from a global scale. So now for them to be kind of hijacking like these movements or like this this woke movement from you know actual uh, marginalized people you know they should be open to to that type of criticism like don't don't run away from it and I always like me personally like I try to stay away from telling people what you know what to be um offended by and what you shouldn't be offended by because different strokes for different folks but you know as one of the people like I feel like you know our whole like you know our plate is being kind of like overshadowed by you know the white women or been hijacked by the white women you know I feel really in saying that like yeah like you know a lot of the things he said like they, they they're true um even going back to when we talked about Russell Simmons and um, I forgot the name of the documentary when we discussed it, but the record of the record, um, we you know like black women, a lot of the things like these white women are like complaining or 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 um, are being or being done to these white women, like they're being done to women of color, and it's not being like um it's not being publicized as much because they're not white. Um, so that's what I took from, from those two segments. Um, I always love talking nostalgia, man. Is it like, like a lot of these things, it just comes from, um, me and the boys here, like talking like off, off of this show. And we, we talk about it a little bit and we, we get the ideas from that. So all of those old, um, all those movies from the nineties that, you know, we were young kids and we used to enjoy watching as kids and we still enjoy watching as, as adults. Like that Adam's family values. I feel like that's my movie that I quote the most, man. And I, I, I love it. I love every bit of it, man. I love, um, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Christina Ritchie. I love Joan Cusack as Debbie and Angelica Houston as Morticia. And of course, um, the great, God rest his soul, Raul Julia. He was so damn awesome as Gomez Adam. Like he he brought that that role to life, and I, I always enjoy watching it with him. And you know his life tragically was cut short not too long after that movie was made. Um, but it's it's cool, man, because I watched that. You know, like back in the day, like Nick at Night and TV Land. Like now, you see a lot of shows that were on when like new sh- like when brand new when we were kids there was on tv line now and on nick at night now and back when we were kids like they would show 
Adam's family, Green Acres, like all of that stuff. So, and let me tell you something right now, yo, the streets are begging for a Petticoat Junction movie. <laughs> me and Mike are going to write it and co-produce it. <laughs> we gender flip it. I don't know what the hell that means, but uh, you are Mrs. Debbie. I want to do a real quick shout out to people working in retail. If some asshole comes in there, hold your ground. Just, I don't know if that's a word, but uh, uh, you know, just, you know, it's things might happen. People start coming with cameras and stuff and Try to like I, no, do a Karen thing. I'll take it a step for I'd take it a step further. Like the company your company and your your managers and your supervisors should be having your back. Like I remember when Mike told me about his situation, I told him the same thing. I'm like, if I was you, I would have called corporate and let them know that you know these safety measures are not being um are not being enforced and it's not just for their safety, but it's for yours. Like you, like you have to go out there and make a buck at the end of the day. Like this country is going through a very tough time economically. And a lot of people, they don't have the choice. Like Mike chose to go back to work. I chose not to, but me and Mike's financial situations might be very different. And that's why we decided to go. Like Mike decided to put his life on the line. And I feel like his, his company should have been should be backing him there and like clearly the people in that video big big alaska like they um they stood their ground because at the end of the day like they're they're everybody else in our video customers the the employees they were wearing masks like why do you want to be that dickhead and i think that's i don't even think people are like these guys like they're doing it because they actually like, don't want to wear the mask. They just want to be assholes. I think that's the, the long and short of it. I mean, Joel said it too. Like, people, they actually come into these places already with that mindset to be rambunctious and to, to cause trouble. Now, believe me, a lot of these people try to make it seem like they're being John Lewis and um the Freedom Riders where they was going to Woolworths and getting um milkshakes, um, poured on them and beat up and ketchup poured on them and all that stuff but you're not you're just being an asshole like if you go someplace and they don't want to you don't want to wear a mask then you don't get that service that's the long and short of it and they have that right because all those people all those right wing people all they do is talk about rights but I feel like they only talk about specific rights and rights concern concerning them the same way you want your rights to have guns and your right to uh, free speech and say whatever the hell you want is the same right those business owners have to have where they could say listen you can't enter my business without a mask you cannot enter my business if you're not going to maintain a, a, a six foot distance from anybody else that's the way of the world and that's why all of these other countries they're closer to normalcy than we are but here in America, you have like this thing where a lot of these politicians, these conservatives and stuff like that, the president, they're basically encouraging people to not do these things. And this is why this thing is keep on going on and going on and going on. And hopefully in a few weeks, you know, we get a new president or a president that understands the um, the the significance of this pandemic and try you know try and if, if you're not gonna force if, if people are not gonna do it you're gonna make them do it 
like I, I was astonished that only like a month or two ago that the MTA here in New York City, when you ride a bus, when you ride a train, like they weren't finding people up until until like a month ago. Um if you got on a train without a mask, like now you face like a fine. Yeah, it was like seventy five on the MTA. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah and they they had to do that from um, they had to to to, to they had to do it for the people for your own safety. Like I got a ticket, I think I talked about it. I got a ticket from the MTA from a police officer on on the train for going through the court, um, from walking through one cart to the next cart, and. You know, a rule like that isn't because, oh, they just don't want you going through the cars. It's for your own safety, because what if the train jumps a track or um, it makes a turn and your leg got, gets caught, caught in between the two cars and, you know, you're stuck and you, you kill yourself or something like that. It's for your own safety. Um, also, an immediate, not even going on this whole like crazy thing about like rights and everything. No shirt, no shoes, no shirt, no service is like an old thing, like. Now it's like a mask, like, you know, these policies when people come in with no shirt and things as a protest. No, it's just like an accepted thing now. About yeah. the, you know, it's just a policy that private establishments have. You don't have to, it's not like, it's it's crazy. Uh, another thing too, that I want to drop, I keep thinking of these shows that mm-hmm. turn into movies. Beverly Hillbillies too in the 90s. Jesus, another one. Yeah, that's another one I remember. Um, And then, um, the last thing we talked about was um, Nikki Bella and, and John Cena. Like I said, you know, like them two, those two weren't right for each other, but they found the right person elsewhere. And they wouldn't have found those found those people if they were still together and they clearly didn't belong together now that we're seeing. But I don't think like, I don't think it's a man woman thing. I think every every you know the it, like I said it comes with the territory. People um string people along. Some people are strung along and some people do the stringing and uh, you know uh hopefully people wisen up and just realize like all right this person ain't serious about me. Let me move on with my life and then that person you know either they could live their life and be miserable by themselves or they end up finding somebody else that's just how the world works um again this has been sugar me the mooney um check out the youtube channel um check out all our videos um we have some playlists now so if you want to watch the old postseason series now you can see it when my beer reviews come up uh they'll be all in one section and you can look at those um uh and the bear reviews you know i wasn't doing it to um i just wanted to do it because i'm always drinking new beers and and introducing new beers and like when uh me and mike go we used to go out to like you know ball games or wrestling or we just met up at you know how to how to drink together like i'd introduce them to some new beers and stuff like that joel whenever he comes over we go out like you know, we introduce each other to beers because, you know, Joel's the one that introduced me to the to the um thing. So uh let me know how you feel about those videos. Um they shouldn't be too too long. They they they're usually about like, you know, two to five minutes in length. Um but this has been episode twenty three of Shug Me the Mooney. And for Joel and Mike, I'm Shug. 
Shug me the Mooney. Oh, let me take it over. Shug me the Mooney. Shug me the Mooney. Shug me the Mooney. Tom Cruise. There we go.